Yeah, three, two. He's Anthony Vizzini. And he's Luke Johnson. And this is the Splinters and Stuff Podcast. And we're back. We're back. We're actually not back because we're in a place we've never been. Yeah, we uh, this we're is here. we're taking it on the road. I wonder how now that we're in. A, I wonder how the if there's if there'll be echoes. It sounds I don't know. okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we are on the road with uh, splinters and stuff. We are here in the new, uh, well, in in my new current temporary residence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam, pool, so that's good. Sam, even though summer's like over. Yeah, I think Sam th- heard through the walls enough all of our real estate talk, and she said, "Give me some of that home ownership." Went and got a house, and we moved into it a week after closing, and I've been working on it kind of nights and weekends. And uh, yeah, it's nice. It's a uh, it's a cool little house. It's got a great view. What year was it? A pool, fifty something. You know, maybe sixty something. Yeah. Um, one of those. Look. One of those prior decades. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's been nice. It's kind of look. There goes a guy on his golf cart. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I never thought I'd live on a golf course in a house with a pool, but here we are. It's uh, here you are living in your girlfriend's house who owns it. It's you know it's 2022. Johnny Depp won. Anything's possible, and now I have a sugar mama. You know, That's fair. and it's well, it's the best so far. Um, Sam's actually been a huge help lately, and being here has been great for all the stuff we've got going on between the other houses. Because as again, this is you know first as first world problem as it gets. We're between three homes right now. It's tough. Um, it's tough paying for all of them. Um, yep. What we're now that we're out of the one that we're trying to get on the to be cash flowing, that is great because we can start that process. Um, and I'm then real curious for you to do that. Yeah. So, and then and then some of the pressure has been taken off with getting into the other house because you know before the rush was get out of the one house to get in the other one to get cash flowing. And now it's more of a, okay, that can get done at a, like a, a comfortable pace at this point. So we've kind of come to terms with the fact that we're probably going to be where we're at now until January. Is so what priority like. should probably be getting California to cash. Correct. Flow, yeah. 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 So <clears throat> priority one is kind of like moving into here and getting this house to do what it kind of needs to do. There's a little bit of fix up work like we redid. All the water lines, we had to redo some of the drain, the sewer lines. The rumor right now, I put down the LVP. We had to do some cabinet painting in the kitchen. We had to replace toilets in the bathrooms. Just you know, a, a good handful of stuff. Um, but it's you know, it's coming together. This house wasn't lived in for the past five years. Oh yeah. Which is, so it's in great shape considering that we didn't know that when we bought it, which would have kind of alluded to some of the issues we were going to have. Why did it sit vacant? Do you know? Uh, the, the person who was here uh, went to hospice years ago, and they just the family didn't sell the house. They just right didn't away. sell, even though the market was. Well, that's what that's what they eventually high. sold. Yeah, they kind of they kind of sold towards the peak. So, but I think Sam got it at a great price. I think. Um, I think we're on the other side of the peak. Yeah, yeah, and so um, yeah, I think I think she got a great grab. I think this house is really a gem, and uh, a good one to add to the collection. You yeah. Know? Yeah, so a little bit of polishing it. in this place will be real nice. Yeah, I'm going to turn you up just a little bit. Yeah, probably good. 
You should also get more comfortable in that chair. It looks like a really comfortable chair, and you're just like leaning forward. I'm in, yeah, I'm in this gamer chair. I, I don't want to, this, it's not like a, it doesn't like lean back. It's like a car seat. Like there's a handle here, and I can like. Just put your boom wherever's comfortable. Don't go to sleep on I mean, me. I can, uh, there's more I can do. Check this out. I can. And I'm in a wooden kitchen chair. Uh, what you can't see is that I'm currently laid back. Yeah. In a hot pink gamer chair with a footrest. So that's why I was leaning forward. Yeah. You know, to just try to, you know, keep us on, keep us on even terms. I just okay. didn't want to. All right. Fair. You know, we're, cause, you know, we're, because we're friends and, oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. She's going to, she's going to get mad that I adjusted everything. Oh no. It'll be okay. But, uh, yeah. So we're doing that. Sam's in her, she's a couple weeks into her new job, which is going swimmingly she's absolutely crushing it which is nice which there was never any doubt except from i think her and she's still trying to like get her get her bearings with it but she's just like everyone's so nice and i'm doing stuff I'm like yeah you show up every day and you're doing what they ask you to do that's you know and then and then it's so, honestly over the top a little yeah bit. yeah you're you're honestly yeah, pull sprinkle, some, it back sprinkle a little some bit. complaints in there yeah you know you don't don't you're, you're setting the bar pretty high for yourself you know yeah you gotta miss those first few big deadlines just to set the precedence yeah, when they're like, "Can you get this done by tomorrow?" Just be like, "Absolutely." There's just it, that's impossible. Yeah. No, yeah. commit to it, but then go over. Oh, so that's that, true. So that you can figure out where they are. Over promise, under deliver. Figure out where they are yeah. on deadlines. <laughs> that's right. See how much it it's really matters. It's a good litmus test. Yeah, they're not going to fire you the first week you're in. You know? Right. That's right. that's a whole, that's a waste of a whole the whole so hiring process. You take process. it easy until they have the talk right with you, and then when they have the talk with you, you step it up just enough. Yeah. To stay in there. Yeah, that's that that's the, the whole that's the whole quiet quitting thing that they're that's the tagline in some of the articles that are out right now. Have you heard of this term? Is that where you do just enough? That's where you do just enough. And I think they just yeah. gave it a new term because I think people have I mean, in my experience, there's always been people who have been doing just enough. Mm-hmm. Now I will say looking back that I think some of them had the right idea in certain circumstances. Um Yeah, but I don't think they were doing it because they were thinking it was the right idea. I think that's just who they are. Yeah, I think it's most of the time before I, now. I think now there's there's like a real movement. I think what it is is someone. It was a comment, of course, on TikTok that I saw that made that made the most sense sense to me. It's like such a it's such a Gen Z thing. But they were like, it's just employers matching employee employees matching employers' energy. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Fair, right? They're like, if 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 the company is going to do for you just what they agreed to do, then okay, me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, all of the applications say, you know, they're looking for somebody who's going to go above and beyond what you're asked to do. Yeah. And you're like, all right, well, you're hiring me, so you can pay me to do something that you don't want to do. Right. I don't want to do either, but, like, I understand that I have to earn a living. Yeah. So this is what I've learned how to do, and you can pay me to do it if you... If you want to offer some incentives and, you know, a, a path forward and a path up and all that, I'm happy to go above and beyond. Yeah. So well, I can my loyalty to you ladder. and yeah, an extra effort results in your loyalty to me and extra effort towards right. me. Like, oh, no, we'll just keep paying. If you. my loyalty to you comes out to a 2% cost of living raise every year, well, I'm not going to go above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh it definitely does feel like there's a movement. But you know, fortunately for Sam, she's not 
she's not wired that way. Sam yeah. and I are a lot of like, you're this I'm way not, too. I'm not either, yeah. but I'd like to say that. And it's really easy to say now that I don't work for Same. a company. Yeah. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to act that way. It's just not in me, like you said. But yeah, I really I struggle with that. I, I get totally get it. And I don't, I, I don't necessarily think it's just an excuse to be lazy. It's, it's honest at this point because these large companies are doing that. They're, you know, the, the pay is not coming up. It's not, it's not really even coming up with inflation. You get, if you want more money, you can move companies and get more money. But gone are the days when you work at the same company for 30 years and retire. Yeah, the gold watch guys. Like you've been working there for 30 years. Now you work there for 30 years and you've gotten 30 years of 2% raises. Well, where does that put you? Yeah, it's- And I understand uh, climbing the ladder and getting getting promotions and things like that. But if you're not in some type of management role, let's take an engineer who's not going into management. You're right. going to become a lead design engineer. Yeah, or, or a probably maybe, have a few guys under you, and yeah, maybe it's me. But even there, they're not these big jumps. Not within the same company. No, you've got to move companies if you want that raise to that new position. And typically, you'll take that new position at your company. Yep. Get the experience, and then go to another company and say, "Look, I, I'm a engineering manager now." Yeah. Or I'm a you know I I ran a design team. I had a design team of six people and we did this, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Then when you go to the new company, you'll get paid like a lead design engineer. But your company's probably not going to do it. No. Because they look that, at it yeah, and go, that was look, my- now you have these new responsibilities and you know you won't have to be doing this anymore. So we're going to pay you a little bit more. But honestly, like it's just a better role. So there's value in that. It's like, no. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, that was my that was my background. I mean, I, I would love to... Talking to other friends and colleagues here in town, I would love to like almost have a very specific thing of like how to be an engineer here and get paid more kind of conversation. Because I had this yeah. conversation. I'm like, you're worth, I was like, you're worth more. They're like, well, they, you know, this company, I'm like, stunned. They're like, they don't care. Right. So right. St- you shouldn't care so much. Right. right. Like, I was able here, to, I've been here since I got out of college. Like, that's taking care of me. That's no, weird. they paid you. They paid you. Yeah. yeah. Taking Those care are the places me. that would have, you know, they were, they were really nice. The other companies do this yeah. too. I took my salary. The pudding. I nearly, uh, I, I two and a half X to my salary over almost 10 years, which I thought was pretty great. My and, dad. And that was just from jumping one place. Another. There's another person I know who she was at the same company for almost, almost 10 years, about eight years and barely got moved up was a star employee over there. Did a lot of stuff for them. She finally got out and got another job at a big employer, got a nice raise with that, but she's working the job of like three people right now. Like literally yeah. like the other people left and they're just assigning their tasks to her. Yeah. I'm and hearing I, about a lot of that. And I'm like, and it's awful. I'm like, how, like, what are they, like, all, what do these employers expect people to do? You're, you're, you're overburdening, overburdening people with it. And I also think that there's not enough credit given to your, you know, white collar office workers on the amount of work that actually gets processed in a week. I think it's this yeah. thing of like, it's not digging ditches. It's much more comfortable. Right. But as far as like my grandpa used to send a letter, you know, and then you would wait for the letter to get back. You know, they see watch Mad yeah. Men. There's a reason there's a, a liquor bottle in the office. Like sometimes there's, I guess, wasn't anything to do. Right. Right. You're just right. waiting for someone to write or yeah. call. And now it's like, I can do a week's worth of business from 10, 20 years ago in a day. Yeah. Right. And everyone's available, cell phones, phone, just phones in general, the internet, email, all this stuff, the amount of 
data I can process as a, as a you know physical yeah. or biological computer is significantly more. And I think that's I think there's a lot of strain in that that I don't think is under I don't think we really understand that yet. And um, and then you're just burning people out. And then you've got you know guys like us who just decide to go build stuff out of something, go yep. build stuff out of wood. I mean, the number of people we know our age who are either actively pursue who are who have already jumped ship and are doing their own thing are actively pursuing it or have at least a, one or two serious side gigs yeah and are trying to figure out if they can muster up the the chutzpah to, to jump ship or whatever it's it's a lot it's yeah. a lot and i'm looking at it like uh and these are people who are good at their jobs who are very qualified for your general whatever kind oh, of yeah. professional yeah. employment who are just like, I would rather do, I would rather seek the alternative, Yeah, which is crazy to me considering how, how comfortable it should be. Yeah. Right. We have every ability to make it that way. So yeah, I, it's been interesting seeing, I don't know if you've read any of the articles on, I've just seen stuff on TikTok and then read some stuff, but I'm just like, I mean, yeah, I get it. It's uh, it's this never stop growing mentality because everybody is, you know, publicly owned all the, all the big companies that we're talking about, obviously. Yeah. Smaller companies don't adhere to this, all this that we're saying as much. Some do, but <clears throat> all these big companies that are publicly traded and it flows down to their subs, you know, what they expect is just constant growth. It's not enough to make what you made last year. You have to make more. And right. how do you make more? You get more work done, but don't hire more people. Yeah, or going to bring those numbers up for or, for the time being. Or you want to make more, so you put more people sometimes on a project, or and uh, just you can charge more labor stuff for. Yeah, that's true. Just turning the gears in a machine. Um, yeah, Dad always said, and this is kind of indicative of the times changing, that uh, you should double your start out salary in five years. And yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah. That's a tall order. Um, you know, I started, I graduated in 2015. I think I started at 62,000. Yeah. As a design engineer, which was a little bit higher. I got a little bit of credit for my internship. Yeah. And that was a little bit higher than a lot of people who were getting hired at the same time as I was. Mm-hmm. And I say a little bit by like four, maybe five grand. Um, so that would have been, you know, 125,000 in five years. I wasn't, I wasn't too far from it. I, the last year I worked, I think I cleared just under 60 by the beginning of July. Yeah. So I'd have been real close to that, but that was a lot of overtime manufacturing hours and things like that. So, but it's not a normal thing to be doing that nowadays. But, you know, you not without think, moving. A lot. Yeah, I think like we're, I was talking to my father-in-law this past weekend, his first job and he makes loads of money in his first job. He was making $10,900 a year. Yeah. So, you could, you could buy, like you, you could buy a that. neighborhood for that back then, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's just, uh, times are changing and, you know, I know the older generation looks at this conversation we're having about just, just earning your check and getting out of there and, turns your nose up and calls them lazy, calls us lazy and all that stuff. But you, there's just too many things changed to be able to form an opinion like that. Yeah. It's well, the, the, the truth of it is too, you know, you look back at like forever ago, like post-industrial revolution, right? Where like 
showing up and doing what you were asked to do every day was the path to upward mobility. Yeah. Right. Like that was kind of like, just show up, do a good job. Don't break anything. Yeah. Keep doing that. And if you're interested, you know, you, Oh, you've been here a while. Okay. We're going to move you up. Cause you know, this, this thing that you've been doing every day, Yeah, you understand it very well. You can help teach other people under you how to do this. You know, you haven't moved jobs or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't really see an issue with it. I think that it's, if they want more and, and again, it's people like, well, we're paying you. It's like, yeah, but you look at it with inflation and how the dollar values change, what things cost. It's like, if look, if you're paying me as little as you can, then, yeah. and I take it like it's, it's called above and beyond for a reason, I'm right? Curious, like I'm curious to know what the cost of living raises look like this year. Yeah. Because typically, it, like eight percent is know, what it's it should be for inflation, right? Yeah. Well, inflation hit over nine percent yeah. at one point, so the cost of living raises should look like eight or nine percent. Yeah. I guarantee they won't. No, but they should look that way. And if yeah. they don't, people need to start asking questions. Yeah, well, I mean that's the thing is I, I uh, like I said earlier, I was able to move up salary wise because I moved around job wise a lot. Yeah. I got out. Which in, is also frowned upon by our previous generation. Well, yeah. Well, and by employers too, is the yeah. scary thing. Um, you know, that I, you know, by job four, I was getting asked, why have you moved around so much? You know? And I'm like, cause someone's, I mean, made me an offer. I couldn't refuse. Like yeah. you would do the same thing. I, like, I value my time. It's like, yeah. And I, it's like, I don't, I didn't want to necessarily leave. I just was put in a position where it would have been foolish of me not to. Yeah. Um, you and know, it's also, I mean, it's not bad to apply for jobs when you're not looking for jobs. No, I, you never know what's out there. I agree. Alex went through this and she was kind of just popping out a few applications just to see what was out there. And just, just to kind of test the water. She didn't want to yeah. leave. And <clears throat> she was feeling really guilty about it. And she would like have to, you know, take a block out of her day for an interview and she'd put it in her calendar as something else. Yeah. I'm like, babe, it's, this is normal. This is okay. You don't, you don't have to keep it a secret. It's like an appraisal. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. keep it a secret. You don't have to feel guilty about it. You're not going behind anybody's back. It's just, yeah, it's an appraisal. And I told her, I was like, you know, get you an offer. You don't have to take it. If it's great, take it. Sure. But if you get an offer you don't like, okay, yeah. then stay where you are. But what that does tell you, because she's been at this company for a while now, is that you are worth what you're making at and, and she's doing well at her company. They, they, yeah, it sounds like fair. she's uh, same thing with Sam. I mean, they, both these girls sound like but, they're crushing it and respected and right. But I, I told Alex, I said, we'll get you another offer. And that's going to tell you that you're worth what you're worth at white space in the rest of the market. White, yeah. White space is her company. Um, because it, it would be easy for her to be like, well, yeah, I'm really good at my job with white space and I'm making this money with white space, but maybe I'm just feel stuck like here. you couldn't go yeah. anywhere else or like, you're not worth it to anybody else. You just got lucky and you, and these people think you're worth it. So that's what she did. She didn't get an offer. She basically got a conversation that was, well, you're just too qualified for this. We want you on the team real bad. Yeah. But we don't have the budget for you and sure. this is not the position. And that was that was that did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh I would say that, you know, when you're when you're for regular employment and I'm sure every market's different. So I can speak towards, you know, engineering, but I'm sure a lot of office jobs have a lot of similarities. I mean, I took the first job I could get and that was back in 2012. And that was through a buddy I knew who worked here. I mean, I applied to over 150 jobs. I had a graduate degree in aerospace engineering and I got out and I was making 58 in 2012, which is not a lot. And, um, 
uh, I moved that up to in two years. I moved that up to seventy five because I yeah. just kept going back. Because I, I fifty eight with a masters is a little is low. I mean, even in twenty twelve, that's still kind of low. low. Yeah. yeah, seventy is where I probably should. Your bachelor start out then was probably like fifty two three. Yeah, exactly. So it was that was a tough pill to swallow. But I was like, but I knew me, and I was just like, sure. when, I, when I got brought yeah. on, I told them, and you know, you did. You know that'll pay your bills. Yeah, that'll it's pay not my bills. What you're, it's not what you're worth. And I had a conversation with them of like, we both know this is not enough. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to come out there and kick ass, and you know we'll look at it again shortly after. Yeah. So I went there. I kicked ass. I did not quite quit. I went there and worked my ass off and did a good job. And made made myself invaluable. And through doing that, once you become invaluable. You get, you kind of say like, in this case, I was working at a government office and I was working for a company being put in a seat at a government office as a contractor. And so of course it's, it's an interesting dynamic because the government goes, well, we really like you. And I go, well, I want to get paid more. They go, you got to talk to your company. And I go, okay. They said, but if your company doesn't agree to it, there's five other companies that are in here who will make sure pick you up. Right. So that's a great position. That's great leverage to go in and be like, If you guys want to keep making money on my contract, you need to pay me. You guys need to take a little less and give me a little bit more. Right. And then I think we, when I left, I, when I, 10 years after, I guess 20 this year, I was making 135, which was great. And that was awesome. Yeah. That was like, I don't have to think about really bills kind of money, which was nice. Yeah. And that was, um, I think that's, I think that's appropriate. Well, and, and honestly, experience and, with a, with a master's. Well, you know, and but in this market, if I went in right back, if I went right back in now with the market, I would expect with my background to be doing and just talking to the people who are doing it to be in like the 150 to 165 range. Yeah. Um, and that's the uh, fuck are you doing here? I know. Right. Um, but, but again, my, my thinking has always been like in my head, I'm like, I'm, I always tell people, I'm like, you're worth more than they're paying you. I just, I, that's a mindset that I've always had. That's one that we've talked about before in the woodworking stuff of just like being afraid to up prices, which is so funny because, mm-hmm. you know, now that doesn't mean like you're worth more and then you can just go suck at work. Right. Right. Uh, but if you are a go-getter and you're, you're after it, I think you put That's yourself in a position to really, like I said, make yourself an invaluable member of the team. If you're interested in making a check and that's all you care about and it's enough for you and you're happy with it, then I have no issue with you. Showing up every day, doing exactly what's asked of you and going home and turning off the phone and not caring and just really leaving it at work. Yeah. Um, if you are trying to move up in the world and, and progress your career, that's going to be difficult to do doing it that way. But I don't think you have to stay at the same place. I think in today's world, it is important to move around. Um, I think a lot of the things that I benefited from moving around was just exposure to different companies and how, and how they work and the different dynamics of places and it was able to take the things I liked and didn't like about those places and apply it to how I approached my job. And yeah. even now in this, like all the things, different places I've worked and the things I've learned have helped tremendously with just running my own business. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it's kind of a unique situation in, it's not super unique, but it's just so much more prevalent here in Huntsville because everything is on some sort of government contract. Yeah. So that creates a whole different company. Yeah. You know, a company that produces X number of these parts a year for distribution and sale is going to operate totally different than a company that builds 
one-off products for contracts. Well, and you have a lot of your setup to build whatever the next contract requires. Yeah. Versus just building the same thing and, and modifying for next year's model or whatever. Yeah. I imagine that that does a lot different. That has a lot different effect on what we're talking about. So we can move around because everything is so contract based and yeah, they similar. call it badge like swapping, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's you're it's, a gun for hire. It's very similar work. Yeah, wherever you go in this given position, whereas in a different industry, I imagine it's. I don't know. I imagine it's not quite the same, like an auto industry or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. I think there's a few people who are going to want to, who aren't happy settling for wherever they're at. And for that, I think that working hard, doing, going above and beyond is an essential part of that. But I think it's also important to recognize how that's coming back to you and that it's not altruistic. It's very, um, transactional to a certain degree. Right. Yeah. And it's also, and it, and it shouldn't be like, a, Oh, I showed up late. I stayed long hours every week for the past two months. Give me a raise. Yeah. But it's a, I have a proven track record of doing this. It's stuff like going out and, and I think everyone should interview like annually. I think yeah. it's like, I, I used to do it. People would call me up and be like, you know, LinkedIn, Hey, are you interested in coming and working for us? I'm like, Oh, I just started working at this place six months ago, but like, sure, we can have a conversation, yeah. you know? They're like, great, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and, and then see if they, so a couple of times it got to an offer and it wasn't good enough. And I was just like, well, hey, thanks for your time. But like, like yeah, but I said, I was already polish. somewhere. Yeah. And you're polishing all those skills. Yeah. Interview you know, skills inter- are interview huge. Interview skills are huge. And the, obviously if you work for 10 years and don't interview, you're not going to be great at interviewing unless you're just naturally good well, at that kind of and thing. And not only the skills of like that conversation, but like how to model your resume for the year you're in, right? The current, yep. the current climate, what kind of things are employers looking for? What are the buzzwords right now? You know? Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, you can also the conversation with them of specifically that, Hey, like I, Hey, no, this didn't work out. Thank you so much for your time. Can you, you know, just, just for me, can you kind of go over with me what things may have been lacking because I'm, you know, yeah. trying to move up and you'll find a lot of people will give you feedback. Yep. Um, and it's, uh, and also if you get a great offer, but you don't want to leave, well, then you have a little bit of leverage. Yeah. I w- that's not a fun conversation, but sometimes it's necessary. You know, if you've been asking for the raise you're not getting and you know, you're being underpaid, Yeah, but you don't really want to leave the company for whatever reason, go get you some leverage. Yeah. That's nice. I would caution that move. If you, it's, it's risky. <laughs> well, it's risky in the sense that, and I've heard of this happening and stuff where, you know, you come to me and Hey Anthony, like I want to raise. And I'm like, I, we just, it's, Hey, you're doing great, but like, it's just not in the cards. I can't, yeah. we can't pay you more right now. And then you come up to me and you go, Hey Anthony, uh, I just got an offer from another company. They want to increase my pay by 10%. Right now, if it was like 25%, I'd be like, I can't go like yeah. good for you. Right. But if it was actually attainable, what a lot, what some companies will do is say, <sighs> okay, we'll pay you more. And then they spend the next three to six months finding your replacement. That's true. Right. Yeah. And they bring in someone for less money or the same money with more skills. Right. Yeah. You got to know, you got to know where you're standing. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and know that moving like that, you're, you're making a play and that potentially forces them into a play. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like, no, you know, no, no doy, no surprise here. I mean, self-advocating is the most important thing to do in your career. I mean, no one, no one else is going to advocate for you as much as you are. And if you're a lucky person who has a mentorship or you have good 
uh, professional networking ties. Um, and people can vouch and really, you know, get you those references and push you into places and open doors for you. That's great. But you still have to be the one advocating for yourself, uh, to help those doors open. I I would say that's probably the other, you know, like anyone says it's, and it's, it's in the business I'm in now it's in the career I had before the, the, who, you know, thing is like, is just so important. It's like Melissa said, your net worth is your network. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that in every field, everything that I've done, what yep. professionally, personally, it, it comes down to a lot of who are you surrounding yourself with? What connections have you made? You know, how do these people feel about you? We're all human beings, you know, and that's, and that comes down to it a lot of times. Um, you know, uh, excuse me. Well, and like for the interview, I always tell people, if you're in the interview, you shouldn't be nervous. It's as much of an interview of them. Like you should be interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. It's like a first date, right? You're trying to figure out, do I want to see this person again? Kind of thing. They're trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure it out. Unless you don't have a job. Right. Unless you're right. Then it's like, yeah, I'll take what I can get. But I will say this, like when I was unemployed for five months, I could have been unemployed for three months, Yeah. but I waited and found the right, what I thought at the time was the right fit. And And it was, um, but it's a thing of like, you've already checked enough of their boxes to be just even in the room. Right. So most of what they're checking now is they're verifying the information, maybe asking you some technical questions about stuff to just make sure you actually can cover it. And then they're just looking to see like, do I want Anthony in my office 40 hours a week? Is he going to blend in with the team? Well, and that's your opportunity to go be like, is this a place that I want to spend 40 hours a week at, you know? And, uh, so how's the cafeteria here? Yeah. Is the, is the lunch, free do you got chicken nuggets you know <laughs> you the important nuggets? questions um yeah i i just i i think and i think the other thing too is people talking about their salaries and sharing that with their with their content with their contemporaries their peers people in their field i think is really powerful yeah uh, to the to the working class i think i think you know the the powers that be try to make it feel like that's an uncomfortable thing because if you knew what everyone else around you was getting paid you might go, wow, I either, uh, I, I don't make as much. Is that because I'm not advocating for myself? I'm not work. I'm not doing as good of work as they are. Am I at the wrong place? Or it might be like, wow, I'm making more than everybody I know. Right. Uh, cool. I'm clearly doing something right. You know, yeah. can I leverage this? And, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. And I just, and I, I don't know. I hate seeing people, I don't know, feel like they're underpaid and can't, or just feel stuck somewhere, or that's, that's everybody I know get out. Yeah. You just got to get out there and, and you know, I, I left it, it. Yeah. Let's talk to the other people now. Yeah. Well, no, it's like, I, I didn't leave work because I didn't like how work was going, but that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been enough on its own for me to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I think that some people look at this part of thing as an escape from the career that they have that I think they could be. I think a lot more people could be getting paid better for what they're currently doing. I think yeah, a lot more people could find you could probably improve your situation without completely starting your own without business. starting out without changing, <laughs> without drastically changing careers. I think there's a lot of information out there. I think there's, um, especially with every, with, with how many people are leaving the job market intentionally, how many positions are trying to get filled. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot, of, a lot of opportunities for people right now. Oh, there's, yeah, there's tons of jobs, tons of jobs. And I think that, you know, if you can get out there and look for something, you might find that you can really improve your, yeah, improve your career position, your financial position, whatever, by, 
you know, just, uh, taking advantage of the, a lot of the situations that are out there right now and, and knowing how to, uh, take care of yourself. And like I said, self-advocate and talk to people and see if you can't, you know, make a few extra bucks. Yep. Get a few extra days off, get a free car or something. Yeah, you know yeah. what I was working on before I left my job? Uh, spaceships, a rocket ship. That has a delayed launch. You know what didn't launch this yeah, month? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I was dis- That's disappointing. The, the, yeah, whole, the whole week is a launch window, though, right? Uh, no. They're going to they... try again Friday. But they, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, I mean, it was this week. There was a there was open. There was available launch dates this week. <clears throat> yeah, today and then which Friday, they missed and they Friday. Scrubbed. I don't know if it's a bigger window on Friday or what. I, what was the scrub for today? They're uh, the bleed down and one of the R. R34. I'm thinking refrigerant. Refrigerant. The the AC wasn't working. Oh, what are the engines? The R25A I can't or remember. something like that? I, I really don't know. Anyways, well, that's not the part I worked on, so I don't know. But um, the bleed down to get that to temperature with the liquid nitrogen, there was a leak or something, yeah. and they couldn't get it down low enough, and it was one of the four engines. And they had this problem at the wet dress, but wet dress rehearsals where they fill up and take out all the fluids and make sure everything is going to load up right. Yeah. It didn't work at the wet dress rehearsal, but I know that's about all I know. And I know that they were planning on finding a quick fix to fix it before launch. And I don't know if it had to be loaded for them to work on it or what, like why didn't they work on it since the wet dress? I don't know. But uh, basically, once they open the launch window today, they start working on it. Yeah, okay. Um, and could not figure it out before the window closed. So it didn't go. And that's all I know. That's interesting. I I desperately want that to be a successful launch. I desperately want it to separate. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I just Just for the space stuff in general, I just want it to be successful there's a lot of things i don't know if we're getting more than one regardless of whether or not it succeeds because you know private companies are already flying yeah orion yeah so and they're gonna be cheaper you just so if if this fails the whole sls is definitely scrapped yeah if this succeeds i think we might fly number two but it's just not it doesn't make no, it I, th- make I think sense. I think there's changes coming regardless, but just to because there's only three slated, there's only three and there's one on the platform and two in production. I'll say this: I don't personally root for every American space company. I do root for every American space launch because yeah. I just think it's just good for the whole thing. Like if we're ever yeah. going to get to Mars. Right. Or back to the moon or yeah. just, you know, that kind of stuff. But NASA is no longer. I mean, this this is the last NASA rocket platform. Yeah. They, they're going to be a regulatory agency. Right. And oversee and, and as they should be. Money. But yeah, being that this is the last one. Yeah. And the biggest and baddest currently. Yeah. I want it to go. Man, well. I want it to go. <laughs> I want it to go well. And I just want it to seeing a big rocket launch, I think, is just something that does something to you. It's, when you see it, at least for yeah. me and, and to see it go poorly, it, it's just, you see a big rocket go up and it just feels like pure hope, you yeah. know, and it, and it, it, it's just such a marvel. Well, it's nuts that what was it? How many years ago did the Wright brothers? Was it 1904? Early 1900s. Yeah. Yeah. So we're a little yeah. over a hundred years 
of the first human flight. Yeah. Less than 70 years, we were on the moon. We, we had people on the moon less than 70 years after the first flight. The album, The Chronic, with uh, uh, Dr. Dre, yeah. is closer to the original moon landing than we are to The Chronic. Hmm. Yeah. That just shows you how how just, far we've just come. show you that years go by years go by yeah. no matter what <laughs> yeah it's no i mean it's been it, a I, parabolic. I know i know that feeling that you're talking about just like you see it and it's it's akin to like when you go to europe and see the architecture and stuff yeah. like that it's just like these enormous feats of human accomplishment yeah and it's such and a visual thing a, whatever that rocket weighs straight up into the air yeah is just unbelievable and now you've got a whole second part of that to enjoy with the spacex launches yeah because that's like if i could go see a launch i'd want to go see space i'd go see i want to see a spacex spacex landing so that's what i want to see, see. It land that's exactly it. yeah <clears throat> so ideally never, yeah it would be a launch where they're landing back yeah back at the same place that they launched no, I missed, which is not always the case i've missed ever seeing a shuttle launch we were going to go at some point yeah. My never was able to make it work out. I think we, we saw, really, I think we really missed that one. Cause those were, and I've listened, talked to a lot of the old NASA guys about it. Yeah. They were like the rockets now. I mean, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but seeing that shuttle go was like the pre emissions. Well, no one diesel trucks. Well, for that <laughs> like too. you just see this enormous yeah. plume and it was just like this giant world shattering white school bus when with that wings. Thing, yeah. when that thing went because it took so much fuel to get it up now we're more efficient yeah it's it's one of those things of like there's so many technological advances i mean the 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 cell phone and everything we could do on an iphone and so i'm sure someone could argue is more advanced there's more advancements with that technology than there has been with rocket technology in the same time span of the iphone right for sure but it's just you're just used to it it's like you use every day yeah. it's not it's cool and you understand that it's powerful right. and awesome but watching a skyscraper shoot off the ground it's just yeah. such a visceral yeah a, a thing of like you said of human accomplishment and it's just it's just a middle finger to like of just like gravity yeah. right and of everything yeah. else of like we can do amazing things and like so, whatever the fuck we want yeah if we all work at it yeah and it's so so for that to go poorly is such like a god it's such a it, that hurts you know it's also a bummer with you know when a nasa launch goes poorly especially when it's a nasa launch it freezes freezes yeah. everything yep. now i mean this one going poorly will stop it yeah. But let's assume there was more of a plan than there is for NASA manufacturing going forward. If they botch a launch after it leaves the pad, they don't, nothing else comes off the ground for five years. Yeah. Yeah. It triggers a whole. It's just thing. not how you, to me, that's just not conducive to advancements. You know, that's not how we operated before we got to the moon. That's no. not how these private companies are operating. Because they go, you know, they'll they'll have problems and not scrub the launch depending yeah. on depending on what what program. Yeah, we're going to learn stuff. something today. So go, yeah, we're going to send this thing up, and I mean, if it works, great. But if it doesn't, like we got a lot of good data, and yep. we've already got the next one rolling. Yeah, but NASA doesn't operate that way. So if it doesn't go, there's just a lot on the line here. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, and it definitely used during the space race. It definitely did operate that way because the priorities and goals and funding were very different yeah. back then. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, you look at forget well, there was one priority. Yeah, beat the Russians. <laughs> right. You know, well, you, but you also look at their aviation stuff. All of their, uh, um, uh, just their aero stuff. Their their mm-hmm. uh, you know fight all the different jets and stuff that made the test pilot programs. The amount of terrible tragedies that happened yeah. with that. And they're like, well, we're just going to build another one. Keep going. Yeah, keep going. Just keep not going. In the spotlight. <laughs> it's not in the spotlight. It's not this big thing shooting yeah. off the ground. Yeah. This thing is 300 and I think it's like 330, something like that. Nuts. It's tall. nuts. Yeah. And the, it's the part I worked on was 30 feet tall. Yeah. It's, it's a, I think it's a testament to human accomplishment. Call it bloated. Some people think it's pointless. And, and I think there's fair arguments for that. I, I would disagree with them all entirely, but I think we've benefited more from. I wouldn't disagree with them all entirely. <laughs> I think we've benefited more from. I think we have benefited from all the space stuff. We have, I think, up to the shuttle. I don't think we've learned anything on SLS. The, well, the problem with the shuttle is the shuttle was supposed to be like a weekly launch. Yeah. It was supposed to be a thing where like they can launch one every couple of weeks. And it was a thing where they launched it like once or twice a year kind of thing. Yeah. And so the, it was How just, went? Oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, not enough. You know, I think, <laughs> I think the original plan was like as many as ever launched were supposed to launch like in year between year one and two kind of thing. Yeah. It was supposed to, it wasn't supposed to be reusable. It was just supposed to be a quick recyclable just thing that just works every time. And it just, and if it did it that way, it would have cost less technically at the, at the time. Um, and then you've got these other things like ISS, which I think is great. And they're doing a lot of cool experiments mm-hmm. and it's a lot of political. They just turned that back on for like another 10 years or something. I think. Yeah. I hope they keep building. Which I, hope is they, cool. I hope they build something else. I, I mean, to me, like I couldn't imagine cause they talked about just shutting it down. Have you watched I like it just floating around up there? Have you watched for all mankind on Apple TV? No, it's so good. I've heard um, it. It broke my heart, but it was just I couldn't stop watching it because it's basically the basic premise without any spoilers is that we are not the first ones to the moon. Right. And what that does to the American space program. Right. And you go and I, after watching the first season of it, I go, I really wish they would have beat us to the moon because I completely <laughs> agree with everything, like how things would have followed. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, the fact that, and again, to me, it's, I like the just idea of, because maybe I'm a sci-fi nerd of being like a spacefaring, whatever, but you know, just all the, like that you have GPS on your phone, you know, that we have Velcro, that we've got all these different technologies that exist, the medical research they're able to do. I was thinking about it today and going back to what we said just a minute ago, you know, all of the technological advances that came along with the space race. <clears throat> obviously a huge byproduct that we like to talk about. Have we had any of those? Oh, like with, what's a recent one been post shuttle NASA? I mean, some of it's been, yeah. I mean, like, cause I mean, everything that granted the, the part that I worked on was the adapter between the core stage tanks sure. and the second stage rocket that goes on. So the separation happens at the top of that adapter mm-hmm. and Sidebar, that's why I'm really nervous about the launch. It's because I installed a lot of the components of the system that pushes them apart. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the, like the cameras that you'll yeah. see, you know, you see the camera up under the uh, second stage. Yeah. Like when you're watching a launch, mm-hmm. you'll see outside and then it'll bring you inside and show that separation. Yeah. Like we mounted those cameras. Oh, that's cool. So I'm really nervous about that part happening. 
Um, but point I was making the, the part that I work on, it's not overly complex, so I can't really talk to this point, but everything in it, there was nothing revolutionary. It was all just everything that we did before, all the specs that we used before, all the processes, materials. I think the material, the material advancements, the material advancement, it, it was this, it's this new engine efficiencies. Yeah. It's this new, um, aluminum alloy. That's, that's nutty and crazy expensive. And the friction stir welding that goes along with, yeah. with welding it. That stuff, I think, was pretty revolutionary. The, yeah, the metallurgy to advancements, the materials processing right. advancements. But as far as all the systems and components and, and technology, there there's nothing, you know, breathtaking in the part that I worked on, like I said. And yeah. I'm curious throughout the whole thing if there was any, like, revolutionary new materials made. Like, this aluminum is great for space flight. Right. Um, but if there was any any big revolutions or any big products that, that will come out of NASA building the SLS. Yeah. I, I mean, like to hope so, but I don't know. I don't. Yeah. That's a good, I'm curious about that Out, too. And I mean, outside of the industry, like, like Velcro or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, obviously. Yes. It's good for all these materials are good for space flight and that'll, that'll trickle through the industry. I'm sure. But something that affects Something that can be used outside of that, you know. I I don't believe in trickle down economics. I do believe in trickle down <laughs> technology. Yeah, I think that, and you and you make advancements through solving unsolvable problems. And I think that space exploration continually forces folks to develop complex solutions to incredibly complex problems. Like yeah, just like just the fact that they were able to land Mars Curiosity rover and the. 30 like forget getting it there right getting it from mars orbit to the ground safely i i I may have said this on the podcast before i think or i've told you but when i was in grad school they showed us a demo video like a 3d animation of curiosity rover landing on mars and all the things that had to go perfectly right for it to happen and you had a room full of aerospace and mechanical and other grad students giggling of like what are these people smoking? Like, there's no way that this thing gets on the ground successfully. These are smart yeah, people it, it who is, believe in this. It and truly want... is unbelievable. And, and I remember what made it really cool when they did the launch and landing is they kind of gave you the updates that were of course on a delay. It was like that eight minutes of terror kind of thing where yeah. it, it's within a window where you're not going to know if it landed or not until it's done. Um, and giving you the time of like what things had to happen when, and I'm talking like one of the ones is like this disc with the thing, like this little flying saucer, essentially with it inside. It has to fly in and it's spinning at such a high rate of speed. They fire tungsten rods out the side of it to change the angular momentum to slow it yeah. down to a descent rate. They have these parachutes that they can't test. They can't test them because the atmosphere is so different. They don't have the atmosphere, right? So they're just like, hope our math is right. It's just, it's just a lot of, I hope our, these little yeah. explosive things that shoot off the cables. They have a thing called a sky crane, which is this rocket thing that just low. It's a, it's literally like a crane. Yeah. Yeah. It has to float there. I mean, and we're all just like, okay, this will, this, uh, yeah, it's cool a sci-fi. Project. It's out of a sci-fi novel. And then, and then when it worked is you're just like, whoa. Right. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you think about, I don't feel like the Mars Rover got enough publicity. No, I, it's cause I mean, I th- you're only, you're only going to get that kind of thing with people yeah. when you put people places. That's why I want people to go back to the moon and back to Mars. I think, and just the fact that like, think about all the people who were involved in it, the thing they're learning, the way that their brain is now formed, they're knowing that they can solve these kinds of problems and the way that they're going to impact 
market and industry at large. Yeah. Like maybe they didn't develop a new Velcro, but there was a hundred people working on the Mars Rover who are either still working at Mars or JPL or somewhere now who are just like, yeah, we can figure this out. Right. Yep. And I'm sure there's a bunch of medical research that they've done in space because there's not gravity affecting things that can grow proteins very differently and look at, or just the origins of life stuff, launching the James Webb telescope or the Hubble telescope way back when, yeah. and be able to look out into space and be like, we know more about who we are and answering the big questions and stuff. Yeah. And the Webb telescope was a, an engineering feat. Oh my God. Yeah. Itself. It's, it's unreal. It's a lot nuts. of that was done here in Huntsville. Yeah. And shout so, out Huntsville. Yeah. Shout out Huntsville. And, and so it's just neat to see, like, I think the washdown impacts of this, I'm sure there's some direct, immediate, positive advancements. And I think you'll see things down the road that you could probably trace back to yeah. this kind of stuff happening. Unless it doesn't work. And then we'll never talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. And that, well, that's my thing. It's like, like, remember that last rocket that, what, what rocket? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, They'll collectively wipe it from, it'll be like a, Mandela effect thing. Yeah. Right. I don't know. To me, it's like humans by our nature are explorers and curious. And I think that for us to stifle that aspect are we explorers of our humanity, and curious, are we greedy? Both. I think that's why everybody explores. I think it's, I think, one, I think one fuels the other sometimes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I, you're looking for a reward of something, either it's sometimes gold or knowledge. A deep rooted need to conquest. Sure. Can be a healthy thing. It can be good for most. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I think, honestly, I think we need to get back to that. I would like to Just like start taking land. Well, <laughs> is what we have the power. What, which, which land are we taking? North, South. Every, just so America just expands. I mean, it, Canada becomes it the 50 North America and South America. So we're we the just United it, States of America. So Why we don't just, we just go unite ahead them and all? claim it all. And you, yeah, we'll bring them freedom. So Canada becomes the, <laughs> we're yeah. really good at that. Hi, we're here to bring you freedom. Yeah. And we'll uh, trade it. Canada your, could we'll become swap the, it for your oil. Canada becomes the 51st state. They're like, we already have states. It's like, we're just going to make it nah, one. It's yeah. very confusing. Toronto's the capital. You know, Quebec is. That, what do they the, produce up there? Maple syrup. Okay. Beer. Okay. Moose. That's just there. Snow. Yeah, um, that's just Hockey. Too. So, I guess you could keep them split up into provinces, but they've all got to claim one thing to produce. And if you don't have So, it's anything, like Hunger Games. So, it'll be district. Anything, it'll be the Maple District, the Beer District, the yeah, Hockey District. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and if you don't have anything to produce, well, you just get absorbed into the smallest adjacent district nice and I like then you that. can help them produce whatever their thing was it's oil moose maple syrup and mexico is drugs it's drugs that's geez. which Tacos. we're gonna decriminalize so we will need a state that is really good at producing and distributing those i could you imagine you just call pfizer i would love man i just want good things for mexico i would love for us to decriminalize mexico drugs so Amazing. It's so amazing. It sucks. And it's so, they're it's like just behind. held back. Yeah. It's just held yeah. back by a, a terrible government. I love the, uh, was it Andrew Swartz bit where he goes, You know how hardworking Mexicans are? He said, There's pyramids. Oh, yeah. There's pyramids in <laughs> Egypt. Yeah. And a vast population believes that aliens put those here. Yeah. Because there's just no way humans could have built that, right? <laughs> There's pyramids in Mexico. 
Nobody thinks anything about those. Yeah, no one asks any it's questions like, about that. Oh yeah, that. of course they built those. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's such a beautiful country, full of like besides the time where I got to bribe a cop, um, a beautiful country full of really well, that's wonderful just a byproduct people of of everything else. Of, yeah, their economy. Yeah, and uh, I God, I want good things from Mexico. I would love yeah, just same. a safer border between the countries. I would love just a more open feeling. Board. I would love going to Mexico to feel like going to Canada. Bingo. Yeah, where, I, where to, I was about to say the same thing. Where it's just, where it's like, it's fine. Right. But instead, hey, neighbor, it's like, hey, we're going to Mexico for okay, a prepare. vacation. And everybody's like, oh, you really shouldn't. Yeah. Leave your gold at home. Stay you know, in the resort. Right. And it's like, come on. Yeah. They're, they're right there. I wish it was like, like that the way. The only reason it's not California. Yeah. Or any of the border yeah, states. Arizona or New Mexico. Yeah. Is because that's like where the border stopped. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. We absorbed them because we did it with all the border states. Mm-hmm. They're cool. Yeah. They're, they're part of us. So we just, you know, might, it might take a little force. I don't know. So do we, does like a manifest destiny thing where the government gives like a new homesteading act where American settlers settle, go into Canada and just start staking claims and uh, that the American army will now then go and support risky. it or. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or I think the army's gonna go first. Or, or do, are we just sending, we're just sending boots on ground to Canada and be like, yeah, this is ours now. Think of what it'll do for the housing demand. That's true. <laughs> they'll bring prices down. That's true. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of open I'd land buy, in the Arctic. I'd buy a place. Oh man. I uh, speaking of the, what about the Antarctic? The Antarctic. Do you think it's really just a giant continent with nothing on it? Or do you think that's where the Illuminati uh, building is? Because you can't just go to Antarctica. No, it's a thing. Right. It's a whole thing. It's locked down. Yeah. Why? It's like the moon. It's not for our you safety. Know? It's not locked down for our safety. I don't know. Because you can go to the Arctic Circle. There's nobody stopping you. I think if you had enough money, you could go. I don't think you can't. I think there are laws. Like you, it's, you can't go there. You can't like, I assume. It's a shared. I it's assume a sh- that there's research and stuff. But there like, is, yeah. Who owns it? There's like a shared. And why a shared, can they tell us we can't go there? I think it's like a shared ownership. I think technically like the world owns Antarctica. Right. I think it's a lot of different nations at the UN and other agreements. I think it's like everybody has like a partial claim to it. But it's like a violation of international treaty or something to go there. Yeah, you got to be, I don't know. You got to be careful. You know why? It's because it's not actually a continent. Oh, there's a lot of research it going on. It's a nice there. wall. It's an, I, oh, the, it's the edge. Yeah. So the earth is what shape? Mm, I don't know if you could call it a shape. <laughs> It's got to have a shape. No, it doesn't. I mean, it could be an ingon. It's just like an amorphous blob. No, no, no. It's flat. Okay. Earth is flat. Yeah. But, but around like, the but perimeter. What shape it is? I don't know. So the, the edge everywhere is just Antarctica. Yes. Okay. So we're in a, like a circle-ish thing, we'll call it. Ish, yeah. But the, yeah. the circumference is Antarctica. Yes. That's interesting. I like that one. So you just, you take Earth. The North Pole, very real. It's in the center of the circle, right? Mm-hmm. And then you peel it open. Yes. And Antarctica is the outer ring. Yes. I like that. Or or is it a donut? And the inner donut hole is the North Pole and the outer well, I mean, that's a thought. edge of it. You know, but I don't think that's what it is. Because I feel like <laughs> I feel like you would detect that. You know, if you were flying in a plane, you could see it. Yeah, I mean I I like I just like that the Earth is flat camp still exists. Like that's the oldest. That's the oldest. I can't think of yeah. an older conspiracy theory. But there's. I mean, that's like the oldest school of thought. It used to not be a conspiracy theory. It used to be they killed people. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Galileo what? And he's like, yeah. it's, I mean, I can show you with no, we're shadows. We're totally not the center of the universe, guys. Yeah. Right. He, they're, they're like, well, you can die now. Mm-hmm. I like how easily. Have a seat. Have a seat right here. I, I like how easily it was proved to, because it's not like they had like lasers and stuff or satellites back then. They like, like, we're just going to show you with some basic math. And they're like, that's already yeah. dangerous. Okay. Numbers. I just like to think about all the other, like the moon and all the other planets. Yeah. It's like you look at them and they're a circle, right? Yeah. So if we are a flat circle, it just means that every other flat circle is somehow we're just a bunch of CD directly, directly normal, <laughs> yeah. directly perpendicular yeah. to our line of sight. Yeah. They're not they're not oval shaped when you look at them in a telescope. Yeah, I wonder if like, like everything went to shit and like, you know, all the books were gone, like how long it would it take for us to figure that one out again? I don't know. You know, I because I, I don't seems, think we would ever lose it because you would no, pass I don't knowledge think so down. Yeah, but like, it, well, it depends who's left. <laughs> True. Okay, so it's the the people who stowed away to the Antarctic, Antarctic, right? The flat earthers who went there to go. In fact, if I told you, me and my buddy uh, Shane, who used to work together, we we wanted to make a new TV show for Discovery Channel called uh, Seeking the Edge. And it's like the new yeah. Bigfoot or UFO show where it's just people, every episode is people trying to find the edge of the earth. And they just, of course, are just as successful as the Bigfoot so, show. I'll tell you who to call. Uh-huh. You're not going to love it. Okay. Alex Jones. Oh, he'd sponsor immediately. He'd probably be the host. <laughs> no. You this, know? So um, for the Roganites out there, I know all this. Yeah. But uh, no, they did a, Joe Rogan did a podcast with, um, uh, what's his name? Bravo. Johnny Bravo. No. I just had it in my head. That's going to bother me. Eddie Bravo. Um, so he's a big flat earther. Uh-huh. He's a very accomplished guy, smart on a lot of other accounts. A lot of, and on everything else. Jiu-Jitsu master. Yeah. He's a big flat earth guy. Well, it's because well, the, the, the mat is very flat, right? I think so. And he's yeah. just like, I've spent a lot of time on the ground. Right. And I can tell you that it's flat. It's flat. It's just very flat. I would feel if it was round. So they got into it, and it, this was one of the one of the more renowned episodes because Alex Jones just had a like he went crazy. That's or, what he does. Like, like yeah, but he was on one. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was fun. But he was basically saying he's like I'll I'll do it I'll I'll get the ship and we'll go. And he's like, all right, what are you going to do? You're going to raise the money? I've got the money. Yeah. There's a whole bit. It's really funny. That's awesome. But that's what they were talking about doing. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's flat for the record. Yeah. It I, seems to be fairly round. Um, I think it was Neil deGrasse Tyson. Was I think this was also on Rogan, but I'm sure it's been a lot of places. But uh, the earth is smoother than a cue ball. Yes, the yeah, the by a factor to, of smoothness. High point to low point is like eleven miles or something. Yeah, and he was scaled. Like, if you scaled it down to a cue ball, it would feel smoother than a cue ball. Yeah, which is kind of nutty. It is kind of nutty. I love little facts like that. Yeah. They they yeah. make they make they tickle my brain. I'm on the fence about Neil deGrasse Tyson. I I like that there's people who are excited to share science with people. Yeah. I think that personality can get in the way of that or a celebrity or things like that. And I don't think, I don't, I personally don't have an issue with him, but I think anyone. He's like that really smart, overconfident nerd who got famous. Yeah. But you have like Carl Sagan a long time ago and you have Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I think it's cool that there's people in the spotlight who are there because of their intellect. 
Yeah. Oh, and who sure. are sure. excited about sharing it and have an ability to share it in a way that is understandable and palpable and yeah. that can excite other people about it. Right. And I, he's got a great voice. He's got a great voice. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I like just like Bill Nye for kids. I mean, I just, people are like, Oh, he's a, all the, all the, when people get political. I'm like, well, first of all, that's, it doesn't matter. Right. That's not why we're here. That's not why we're here. <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, these guys are atheists who uh, love science and probably appreciate civil rights. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, check. Uh, you can say what you want about that. And if you think they're wrong for that, I've learned a lot about you. Uh, very right. quickly, but um, you know, I think it's cool that there's people who can, who are just teachers and shares and and do it in a way that most people in those fields aren't able to do. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, finding people with, with that kind of intellect who can get on a stage and talk to people and be excited well, and having and engaging and having you know celebrity status doing that. Yeah, and they've taken that platform. What does that do for you know the STEM field? Bill Nye. Well, I grew up watching that every day. Yeah, I love Bill Nye. How many kids do you think would not have gone into STEM if that program didn't run as long as it ran when it ran? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, th- I think, and I think that having and those think people the, is I huge. think the Neil deGrasse Tyson stuff and, and all those guys, but a lot of that is getting a lot of popularity. And I think it's probably doing the same thing. I mean, how many people are going to get into astrophysics on, yeah. their, on their own accord? Probably not that many, but you take somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson and do what he does. Now, it's still not going to be a lot, but it's a lot more than it was. I guarantee it. Yeah. It's, well, it's the same thing. You know, kids want to be, you know, firefighters, police, princesses, all that stuff. You have someone in the occupation that makes it look exciting. Yeah. Right. And like you go to most astrophysicist dinner parties and you will be, I think most people will be like, this is not my scene. Right. But to show that there's someone who's like a regular, you know, who can kind of talk and just be, it seems like a normal human and is approachable, makes their field a a normal seeming and approachable. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think it's awesome. I, I wish that we would give less airtime to, cause there's a lot more people who are very confident and engaging and, uh, celebrity with no credentials with no credentials who speak in stark contrast to a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wish they weren't, I have no problem people thinking whatever they want to think. Well, all but of, I don't I like, feel like all of those are five minutes or less. Correct. But there's so many of them. Yeah. And they are given sometimes seemingly equal platforms to spread their thoughts. Yeah. Cause you're long form guys. You know, you do have, you do have the polar opposite of that with like, yeah. um, Smarter every day with Destin here in Huntsville. Oh, he's great. Veritasium, stuff like that. You've got a bunch of these guys who are doing the same thing. They're breaking this stuff down to where you can understand it. I love Destin. But you can't do it quickly. Yeah. You've got to watch it long form. And the short form stuff. Or read a book or something. The short form stuff reaches everybody, right? Yeah. The long form stuff reaches people who are interested in that topic. So like you're talking about all those guys who jump on and do a, you know, they'll take a long form speech. This cup. Nope. Yep. They're berry. They're weird. Hmm. I'll just let you try it out. Yeah. It's interesting. No, I hear, I hear what you're saying though. It's but uh, the, the short form stuff reaches everybody. Cause if you're engaging and you got good little captions popping up on the screen and you're a likable guy or gal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to sit and watch your video and hear what you have to say. Just because it's quick 
And they'll take a long form interview or something of Neil deGrasse Tyson or somebody like that. Well, and more pick out the points that they can kind of ambiguously disagree with. Yeah. There's not enough time for anybody to defend themselves or anybody to even research it. You just watch the video and you go, oh, and then you go, oh, I heard this, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson said this thing. That's actually wrong. Because if you look at it like this and you're like, where'd you hear that? I'm like, oh, this, this guy. And then if you know anything about it, you're like, well, actually it's, it's like this. Yeah. And I go, oh, well, okay. Well, those yeah. five minutes, like it's, it's, it's kind of dangerous. Those five minute sound bites too, compared to your long form stuff. Like look at like John Oliver's show, right? Mm-hmm. The last week tonight, I think is brilliant. And I love watching his stuff. Uh, people who kind of were already going to agree with him are the people who are going to watch that. Yeah. He's very much in an echo chamber, right? The opposing view to that and those little s- snippets of information Everybody listens to those because yep. it's the people who already agree with it, who want to hear their echo, echo chamber. Yep. And it's people who disagree with it, who want to get mad that there's people saying stuff about it. And so you're reaching those little, those little incorrect factoids, right? Yep. The fake, the actual fake news factoids that get out there are heard by everyone Yeah, are, are more widespread and more viral than the actual even tidbits, even small stuff, right? You try to send someone a TikTok from someone who's clearly, you know, I don't even like the word left. People who believe in civil rights and want good things for America, right? Americans, right? Not yeah. not anarchists or right. uh, racists and stuff, right? You send someone who's maybe a little right-leaning that, and they're like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to listen to this, yeah. right? Versus where if they send me something from, you know, um, uh, Tucker Carlson, yeah. I'm going to listen to it just because it tickles my brain to go, why is he on the air? Yeah. How is he sending this out there? There's people who are gobbling it up as truth and people like me who are gobbling it up to just get mad about. Right. Yeah. I like, I like Tucker Carlson. Oh, I don't, I'm not going to say I like him. I like listening to him because I can do it from a non-biased perspective and go, and a lot of it you go, Oh yeah, that's bullshit. And a lot of it you go, that's bullshit. And if you, you can kind of tell that he knows it because yes. he knows exactly what he's well, doing. Well, then you're the reasonable person they cited in a court case where people were trying to sue Fox news about him being on the air and it being presented as news. And their response from yeah. their lawyers said, uh, no reasonable person would listen to this and take it as news or truth. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. you're the reasonable person they were speaking about. Uh, yep. most people aren't. And, um, and I, I think it's just like any, it just like any similar platform across the political spectrum. Yeah. If you give somebody a soapbox once a day or however often it comes on, a lot of stuff they say is not going to be true. A lot of stuff they say will be true. Well, it's just like us. We talk every week. Some of our yeah. stuff is probably. Well, I say crap. stuff all the time that I find out later was bullshit. But that's just it. You look at the marketability <laughs> of what people have to say. And what mm-hmm. people like Destin or Bill Nye or Neil deGrasse Tyson have to say is marketable to a set understood audience, yeah. right? What Tucker Carlson or Alex Jones or all these other people have to yeah. say is much more marketable, right? Because more people are going to hear it. Yep. More people are going to tune in whether they like it or not, right? It's um, it's like train, watching a train wreck or like Kardashian stuff. It's just this, it's just this trash, basically, yeah. that people can't help but look at. And I wish that... And Alex Jones still has a huge platform, but I'm not into him enough to like go partake in that. But I wish that he was still on YouTube and on the socials and stuff like that. 
because it's so entertaining. From an entertainment standpoint, it, it's it's really entertaining. A lot of it is true. A lot of it has come out to be true, and I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of that. But, I mean, a lot of stuff that he says that that people burned him at the stake for turned out to be true. There's a lot. And, and a lot of uh, Yeah. Ones. I mean, uh, the broken clock's right twice a day, right? I mean, there's... Uh, some of it's more than that. But uh, we won't get into all that. His, <laughs> his, his truth factor, to me, is outweighed by his ability to propagate... It's like, then just tell me that stuff. Yeah. Dial, like, double I down think, on that stuff. But I think he's so... Well, that's the thing. is He's convicted... In all of the stuff that that he's saying, well, sure, and he's been he given really such is. a big platform where, right. and he's and he's not stable, and he admits that he's not stable, right? But I think if we gave him his platform back after all this, you've got enough people understanding. All right, this guy's whacked out, and and <sighs> understanding. I think that it's because the people who do want to hear him are still hearing him. I I you agree know, with that. I, I think I, for my sake, I would enjoy it because I want to see more sound bites of him. <laughs> Yeah, and but, I want to see people ripping apart his arguments. But and to I me, it's see, like, I don't know. You know, it's just entertaining for me. I, I get that. Like, but to me, it's like, I like watching America's Funniest Home Videos where someone gets hit in the nuts with something, right? That's hilarious to me, right? I'm glad it's not me. Yeah. Like, look at this terrible thing that's befallen this guy. I understand what that pain's like. How funny is kid hit him in the in the bat in the in the in the nuts with a wiffle ball bat? Nut, I don't love nut shots. But what I'm saying, like for me, that's like my thing. But I'm like, if everything just became that all the time, like I would be giggling a ton. But in the meantime, a bunch of people are just getting hit in the nuts, right? Just everyone everyone's getting hit in the nuts. And my thing is like, yeah, well, once that becomes the platform for it, like I think that I think it's good that you're able to view that from an entertainment perspective. And see it as that. And you can listen to some stuff and you're, you have enough intellect to separate. Oh, that's an interesting point that it has raised questions within me to go do some more reading and figure out really mm -hmm. stuff versus like, okay, lizard guy, you know, this guy's chasing then the lizard king and I'm going to separate that out. Right. And, but I think that most people, or at least as George Carlin said, think about how dumb the average person is and remember that they're the average and half of everybody is dumber than that. Yeah. Right. Those people are tuning in too, who don't have that ability. And I think that that is, uh, I think it's dangerous to a certain degree. And then overall, like going back to these positive, these people who are, and who are bringing positivity, not through lying or farce or anything like that, but or sometimes it's through farce, but, um, who can still educate and do it in a way that is not exclusive, right? That is really trying to be inclusive. I think that there's people who could shine a light on some of the same topics that, even Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones shine a light on in a way that is bring people into it and saying, Hey, there's an issue here. Like we really need to work on this thing and who have done enough of their own research where there can be, I don't know where most of their claims can be validated versus yeah. invalidated. And it gives more people an ear, but just to me, I just like overall want to see more people given platforms who are speaking to inclusivity, to knowledge development and, yeah. and, and really, but on the, the opposite side, I would like to see, and this is, you know, it's not a big government thing. I just, it's the money aspect of it. I would like to see more publishers, networks, all this stuff, realizing the damage that the, the power that they hold in providing platforms to people who will make them a lot of money, but understanding that, that there is a cost to that as well. And the national yeah. psyche, but and, counter, and then, counterpoint. Yeah. And this is, a little bit for fun, but yeah, it holds a little bit of water. <laughs> so uh, Alex Jones was calling the Epstein thing 
in the whole pedophile island ring 20 years ago. Sure. Well, how, all right. So how many, how many people are going to get kicked in the nuts if we, if we push that content, right? How yeah. many people are going to get kicked in the nuts while you're giggling sucks for those people. Well, how many kids got taken in the island over 20 well, years? But that's what I'm saying is there's, I think that he could, if Alex, if, if those platforms were not used that more that's to why inf- he needs a platform, no, no, no. it was just, a- <laughs> but I'm saying if he has a platform and he's pushing that, not pushing the narrative, if that is his narrative and that's the, the thing he's trying to bring attention to, and he can do it in a way that, because clearly he knows how to be engaging and he knows how to bring in an audience. And if he could focus his energy on that, where there's a real problem and not deviate to the other. Well, the problem is all the fringe stuff. The problem is he's off nominal. Yeah. And, and part of the reason he's so crazy and I feel weird because I feel like I'm defending him. I, no, no, no. I, that's I, not I, 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 no, I know, I know where your head's at <laughs> but, with this. Yeah, um, you're fine. Part of the reason that he is so unhinged is because he is so convicted and passionate about these things. And if you, if you really believe the things that he believes, you would be that crazy too. Because sure. he's seeing this stuff. I mean, he had damnable evidence about like this pedophile ring thing 20 years ago. That's one example. Like you said, he talks about a thousand different things. Right. Like he had real evidence. He knew in his heart that this was going on. Well, that's going to make anybody crazy. The fact that you're sitting there watching it and, and the fact that, you know, after the Epstein thing, one other person was convicted. Yeah. That was it. This was a billionaire pedophile ring. Yes. One person was convicted while, you know, we, and there were a lot of, lot of names on his flight log. And I don't think that a flight log is, is indicative of somebody participating in the pedophile thing. Sure. But there were a lot of names on there and there were things that happened as a result of it. Mm -hmm. And none like not, not legal wise, not people being convicted, but like, you know, Bill Gates wife left him when this came out and when it came out that he was on that plane so many times his wife left. him. I don't know if Bill Gates did anything. I don't know. I like to think he's a stand up guy. He's a real, real yeah. philanthropist. He's in, you know, he's he saved humanity with his computers. Yep. I want to believe that. But what is, what is his wife? What reason did she have? Was it a coincidence in timing? You could argue that I don't know their personal life, but stuff like that, that if you, if you watched all this stuff happen and had enough of a network and did enough research as he does to be so convicted that these things are happening, it makes sense that the guy's nuts. And it makes sense that the guy yells and screams and wants to fight about stuff so, and call people yeah. out. It checks out. So I can I can understand why he's so off his rocker because he's so convicted in these things. And I don't think that because he's off his rocker that because I don't think we should deplatform anybody on on either side no, of a yeah. political spectrum on 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 anything. You know, I to me in a perfect world, it would all be transactional. And it, it would just be competitive. But it's well, not. I mean it current it technically is. I mean it's, it's who's not. gonna sell the most it's not who's gonna deep- sell the most commercial space for me undies or you know dick pills or whatever else. Well right? it is that to an extent. But I mean, but we t- draw the line when you say certain things will take you off. I have a, I have an issue with that, I, and and to a to again to a certain degree, that I think there's a, 
for the same I'm reason, pretty I torn yell. about it because it's just private companies, and well, that's that's where I'm weird. Agreed, about it. but I can't yell fire in a theater, right? And so my thing is, anything that is truly insightful and mm-hmm. and is done to a certain degree, where either intentionally to cause harm, or you should know enough to know that what you're doing is going to cause harm. That the, there's there's yeah. gradients in there. And, and again, I, if he's right about that, I don't know enough about that whole thing. I, I've heard all the Epstein stuff, but specifically with Alex Jones or whatever. But my thing is, it, it, to me, it's a boy who cried wolf thing, right? If Veritasium came out and said, hey, yeah. someone wrote to, I, you know, I was looking back at the all the Alex Jones files, and he was really on to something with this particular, th- whether it's Epstein thing or like lizard people, right? Oh, that would not be well received. It, it would not be well received. No way. But I'm not saying it would be well received, but I'm saying the- It would be demonetized at least. Again, but if if they if they had a platform and were able to get their their information out to the right people and were just as incensed with sharing this information and crazy about it and started yelling and screaming about it, but their track record was one of like not like my thing is thirty percent fact and seventy percent nutty stuff, right? If yeah. if it was flipped, right, seventy percent fact and then this thirty percent fringe stuff where some of it might be true, some might be not. I think you, I think you stand a lot better chance of actually fixing or getting, getting people to hear you. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing of like, there's people who wander on the street saying the end is near, right? Maybe they know something we don't, right? But if they were walking around in a suit with, and like uh, getting on TV and saying, well, uh, you know, I've done a lot of research and here's my reasoning for thinking that the end is coming, you know, the people out there with a, with a sandwich sign on with a cardboard saying Mayans told us the world was ending. You're like, I'm, I, I can't hear that guy. And I feel like we're giving a lot more because of how shareable that kind of talk mm-hmm. is. I think we're getting more of the crazy guy with the sandwich sign talk than we are getting of the educated, uh, but reviewed, but that's by choice. Oh no, no. I'm choice saying, is what it's all about. Well, and you're taking away a choice. I, and I think that there is a responsibility to the, I don't think it should be law, but I just say, I think I would like to see the culture shift around it where there's an understood responsibility by the people who provide these platforms. It doesn't mean that they cancel people, but just saying like, which one are we going to push? Right. They, I mean, they have their switchboards essentially of we can, right. YouTube can push this and cover and, and mask someone else completely. Yeah. The fact, and they do. And they do. Um, but then there's, you know, with the algorithms and stuff, if you're a person who believes in conspiracy theories, you're going to see a lot more conspiracy theories on YouTube because they know that's oh, what you're sure. going to click. I on. don't think, yeah, I don't think they push. I don't think they selectively push a lot of stuff. No, I, I think, think the, the algorithms. I think the, stuff, yeah. the stuff that you see a lot of is a direct result of, your of what you do. That's your algorithm. And that's algorithms doing exactly what they're supposed to do. I don't have a problem with how all that's structured. If it's out there, yeah, and it's just not in the forefront of your stuff, yeah, okay. If it's not in the forefront collectively, okay, maybe it just wasn't as good or didn't didn't resound with a broad enough basis. That's fine. That's how algorithms work. I get that. I'm good with that. But when we eliminate somebody's ability to either make money when you demonetize stuff or when you take them off completely, yeah, for operating completely legally that's where that's where i take issue with it but i feel like this has been discussed on every podcast ever so yeah we, well, can, we can talk about something else would yeah dude i have been i've been crushing it 
Yeah. Yeah. So we're about to start uh, building the cabinets for the Winchester house. Very excited. I'm kind of forcing Mac to take the lead on some of the uh, yeah. For the more fun conversation. Stand by for, for would, splinters. And would you like beer. one? Yeah, I'll take one. Would a, you like one? <laughs> I would. I'm just going to uh, riff for a bit. The Lizard King and all of his friends are coming out there to make your wood prices higher. Is that right? I was talking about the Lizard King impacting uh, wood prices. Oh. Sam's coming in. This is a couple guest appearances. This commercial break brought to you by Sam grabbing her cord and Max and Gus walking in the room to see what's going on. Hey, guys. Max and Gus. Now you gotta go. Buy yours today. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Gus. I love you. Oh, gosh. Nope. Okay. All right. All right. Gus. Gus. Hey, Sam, can you call the dog, please? This is a very... This is how our listeners know this is recorded at home. Uh, do you have a bottle opener? Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, so about to start that. Letting uh, Is there a Lizard King? Why do you think lumber prices are so high? Well, I mean, I think there's a population. Do they have a king? Well, yeah, that's how lizard societies are structured. Right, so who is it? Uh, well, it's, or today, mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is the Lizard King a good actor? Or is he just getting a little old? Both. Okay. Depends on who you ask. Sometimes the Lizard King is the smartest man in the world capable of organizing government and all of its amazing abilities to enact terrible things. And then also sometimes it's the most inept person who's incapable of forming sentences and doesn't know what's going on at all. Um, And it's amazing that someone can be both of those things at once. I've always thought it was amazing. Maybe he's like the... Um, entitled rich kid lizard king heir. Ooh, that's interesting. So, so just an he, entitled lizard king. So human studies back in school. Yeah, he was just you know he was copying off people and having people take tests for him while he was out hot riding around in his spaceship or whatever they drive. So then when it came time for him to assume the throne, he just didn't have all that knowledge. That's interesting. He's still working on it. So the George Bush, George yeah. W. Bush, lizard king. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. I saw a funny video of him <laughs> talking at his library or something. And uh, oh, where he said the wrong country? It's a horrible Freudian slip. <laughs> I saw that because I forgot what it was. You saw about the war in Ukraine. Yeah, it's about global superpowers shouldn't just go into a country like Iraq. Iraq. I mean Ukraine. <laughs> and he goes like, "Hey, I'm 75 years old," and everybody laughs because it's yeah, and it's like. Yeah, I don't want to get oh, yeah. too passionate I, about that because a lot of paint, people died. He paints pictures right now. It's funny, and we can laugh at a, at a slip of the tongue, but a lot of people died. I like, I like, I like George W. Post presidency a whole lot. <laughs> I like that he's best buddies. Oh, he was with, a great president. He's best buddies with Michelle Obama. I, mean, I, I think feel that's like wild. I feel like he was great for the times. I, here's he, what's I liked him because I didn't know about anything. Yeah, he just was a likable guy. Oh, yeah. Definitely likable. Yeah. Bill Clinton, likable. And I love how, you know, the political spectrum, like you're saying, he's best friends with Michelle Obama. It's yeah. like, these people don't hate each other. <laughs> when I think, it together. I was telling Sam the other night, I said, you know what's interesting? When you, when you remember a president and living through a presidency and how many people thought they were just so awful. 
and then you get to the next one and you look back and you realize how tame these people were compared to the presidencies, like just how tame things seem looking yeah. back. And then you think, are we going to look back in 20 years at whoever's running things now and look back and be like, wow, Trump was pretty tame compared to what we've got now. God, I hope not. I hope not. I don't know. It could be fun. <laughs> it could be pretty wild. There's, I will say to your other point, a lot of entertainment value in that. Yeah. You know? Well, oh, I mean, man. that's like, I mean, that's idiocracy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that, I love I love that movie. I need to rewatch that in Office Space. I haven't seen either one of those in a while. I've never seen Office Space. Oh my god, you that's cancel the pot. You have to watch that today, tonight. Go home. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> I know the I know the meme. Oh, Office Space is a it's a it's one of the I think it's a perfect movie. I honestly think it's just. Uh, the perfect movie. I think it's a, as far as what you want, as far as a story, how it's told, the different acts and everything structured, the character choices, the how it's shot for what it is. I think it's mm-hmm. just. I think it's a perfect movie. So like Ice Age, just like Ice Age. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If Ice Age was set in an office park and had nothing to do with the Ice Age and everything to do with honestly the quiet quitting stuff, things like that, just the workplace and how yeah. how the world is. Yeah. Um, but wood, yeah, wood, 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 wood. Um, yeah. So about to get going on the cabinets for the Winchester house. Cabinets. That's exciting. Cabinets. Um, and having Matt kind of take point on some of that, I told him, I was like, I want to build some of these as your assistant. I said, so we're going to, I was like, you should know how to do this stuff completely at this point. And I believe he, he that he's able to, I think Are a lot of times to trade pay rates with him on these jobs. Uh, I don't think he's willing to trade pay rates with me on these jobs right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure Mac makes more than me most of the time. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see because I think that a lot of times that there's skills that he's developed that I don't think I give him enough opportunities to demonstrate because yeah. I'm running it and he's my number two. And so I want to give him the confidence of him knowing he that he's able to do it. And by just really... Uh, whatever, you know, macro managing, I guess, if that's the opposite of micromanaging, I don't yep. think that I micromanage too often. I know I'm guilty of it sometimes. Macro manage. Macro man. Like that. that's fantastic. <laughs> I thought you did it on purpose. I didn't, but now I did. <laughs> now I did. I will edit it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll edit it in post. Uh, but I think it'll be a really good confidence boost for him and a really good, just kind of, um, it's not for client work. It's for the house, you know, any mistake that gets made can get fixed, but we're not really on a strict timeline. Um, so I think it's, it'll be good. You're going to go over it with a shop light after install. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be good for him. I just kind of want to give him the drawing, like the 3d drawing and just be like, you make the cut list. You know, yeah. I'll probably, I might check between steps kind of thing and just that way mm-hmm. we're just not wasting too much time in case things go awry. But I really don't yeah. think that we'll I have a lot of confidence that he'll do a good job. So, and then, then, and then that'll make both of us feel really good about yep. future projects just being like i know completely like there's a lot of stuff you that I know, know he like, can do this and he knows he, and can he do knows this. that he can do it yeah because there's a lot of stuff like that already right now that i know i can just leave with mac and it's going to be fine yeah and i and i need this to be one i need this to be one of those things and i think that he needs to know that it can be as well yeah um so i'm looking forward to that um it's been raining potential clients for me right now i don't know what's in the water i've had quite a bit um, I think I'm it's still the, pricing high, so my retention rate's not doing so great right now, but I've got a lot of stuff. But I have been getting a lot of I don't know if it's the time of year. Position. I think it's like end of Q3. It, see, I was kind of expecting it to ramp up 
fall? I think, well, for me, and again, our, our kind of stuff at this point is a little bit different from what we're really building the most of. Yeah. That being said, I did quote a table and chair set today. I'm excited about that one. I hope that I get to do the chairs. Was it six chairs? Uh, eight. Okay. Six plus two. It's a guy I went to college with forever ago. Okay. I got one for a table and chairs. Oh, set. oh, was it, was it black with like, Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I got the same one. Okay. I'm curious on that one. The guy, I asked him to send me, uh, to get back and call me. He's like, I live on the road, basically, this whole thing. And like, I can't really talk too easily. I just need price. And when I can was get the it. Was the email pretty broken? Yes. Did you talk about an ACH transfer? No. Okay. That's interesting. I got that. But it was that- like, so I, I asked a couple of surface level questions, to get a few more details. Yeah. And uh, let's not discuss numbers on this one and just quote them both and then talk about it. Okay. Just for kicks. Okay. That's fine. Um, but I asked for more information. I asked two questions. One of them was yes or no. He answered yes and then proceeded to ask again how much it will cost and what the lead time is. Yeah. That's all. So I said, you know, I need a few more details. Uh, if it'll be easier, just give me a call at this number because he didn't leave a number. It's like, just give me a call at this number and we can discuss this and I'll be able to get you an estimate. Yeah. Because the emails seemed, Almost sus. That these they do seem almost the, sus. The wording he was using and the lack of punctuation yeah. and things like that made me suspicious. So I sent my phone number and I was like, just give me a call. I and, sent, and I have not gotten it. I call. wrote him and said, Please provide me your number and a convenient time to call. And he basically gave me this thing of like, I'm not gonna be really able to do that anytime soon, but when can I have this and how much will it cost? I'm gonna check for a reply and see if he said anything to me. But it's also like I'm like, what do you want this built out of? Do you want this thing like dimensions? We need to know that kind of stuff. And I got the dimensions. Oh, nice. Because I provided them, and he said yes. Great. That was yeah. the yesterday. The no approach question. was almost like <laughs> I had no a response. the The approach to it was almost like I had this in stock, or it's like an item that I made. Yeah. Dining table inquiry. There's Hi, this picture. is it's that one. Yeah. Hi, this is so and so. I want to know if you do a six seater dining table set question mark and there's weird spacing yeah attached is what i want please let me know what this would cost me and when it will be ready for pickup from your location please question mark that's basically the same email thanks I guess. yeah you probably copy and pasted it which is fine. yeah and i said thanks for reaching out do you have any preferences on wood species to sit six is standard kind of standard this size in this configuration um will that work it's all fully custom so we can do whatever you want he said, yes, please proceed, and when will it be ready, and what will this cost me, please? Once this is confirmed, I will make ACH transfer and also will be making arrangements for pickup from your location once it is ready. <laughs> said, if you don't mind, give me a call here. I need a few more details before I can provide a quote. A phone call will be easier than emailing back and forth. And didn't hear anything else. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with so it, it feels it feels sus. Yeah, I, I don't know what the angle would be. You didn't get a 12-foot by 4-foot conference table. Request, no. did you? Mm-mm. Okay, good. Because I no. want that one. Okay. You can have it. <laughs> uh, it's in Texas. Nice. So that's cool. No, I got um I've got someone else I'm doing just a lot of built-ins. I've got a couple desks, like office build out slash desk things going yeah. on right now. Um I think I think that's indicative of just people continuing the work from home stuff mm-hmm. and needing being like, I need a better space than what I've been dealing with yeah. for two years. Yeah, I'm um, still working that. Um, big maple desk set that I made. Yeah. I'm nice. not still working. I have one more thing to deliver. There's just been a lot of back and forth on that one. But yeah, I've probably got, I expect I got two deposits in the last week and a half. Hell yeah. Um, both for 
both each project's probably about a 15 ish K project. Nice. Um, I've got any deposits in I've got, I've got one other client that I'm expecting. I just sent two more quotes off today. I'm expecting to get one or two more deposits in the next week or so. Nice. So that's going to kind of fill out, I think the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, including the Winchester house cabinets. Yeah. So I'm, I'm quoting November right now. Nice. Yeah. And so I'm, uh, but yeah, I've been, I've been doing, doing some good approaches. I've really been, people have been really excited that since the option of just, I haven't done the pay up front thing yet. I had to tell a client that I might be changing it to that. I was like, so just, I was like, it's not that right now, but I just don't want to tell you that it's, I was like, this is what it is today. If yeah. we can't get anywhere soon, you ask me again in a month, it could be different. So if that matters, then that's just kind of just yeah. giving you heads up. But I have been really pushing the, um, basically I'll give you a ballpark. We'll do a deposit based on that, shore it up, adjust the deposit if necessary and go, go to work. And that seems yeah. to be a lot more amenable to folks than, uh, just the design fee. I've got one client who is thinking it's going to go through with the design fee first, which is fine, but I'm just, they just, I'm just like, yeah, this is how far I'm booked out. This just gets you on the calendar faster. Yeah. So it's, I was like, it's my first step either way. Like we're going to go through a design phase either right. way, the difference is, and you're going to pay for it either way but the one is we can just stop it here yeah or the other one is we don't and you know just you know you're in now like part of this is non-refundable like we're committing um i like that for you yeah i don't need i don't need it as much with furniture yeah um either we know exactly what we're building yeah or i've got liberties so i don't i haven't been the last thing i designed was that bed yeah. And after that, everything else has been just kind of the standard operating procedure of hammering out the details and looking at example pictures and stuff. And for a table I and like things that. like that, I don't really typically do. And a people deposit. can, people can visualize that. Yeah. Um, but whereas like your built ins and, you know, built in also with a desk attached to it. So like you can't see that. Are you going to, are you going to blue tape? Are you going to empty out the room and blue tape your whole floor yeah. to get me dimensions? No, yeah. you can model. It makes more sense. Yeah. So I've, and I, there's a couple of things I'm trying to start adding to, which is like, I need to know way more details up, not, not up front, up front, but before I start cutting anything, Yeah. we really, I need to like, cause I get stuck in like, what's the hardware going to be? And it's just the thing that gets added on later. And it's an afterthought. It's just a stressful thing where I just want to get a piece of paper that says, uh, here's the paint. Here's the yeah. type of paint. Here's could, the color you could paint. Easily, you Here, could easily do that with a, a form. A kickoff meeting. Yeah. Kickoff meeting and bring a form with that's you. That's what we're going to have is yeah. just have that. And it's just, you're going to sign this mm-hmm. and we're This is, this is what it is. We're doing this kind of hardware everywhere. This is the paint color. We're going to meet. We'll fill out this form. Yep. I will provide you with an updated invoice after I take all the data from this form. Yep. You sign this form. Yep. That says that you're agreeing to everything on it. Mm-hmm. Then when you sign this invoice, you're agreeing to everything on it. And then that's that's what you need. And you just need to make that form comprehensive enough that you, you don't have a lot of, hey, what what do you want to do here? Yeah, because there's especially with cabbage, there's so many little decisions and things to do that that yeah. inevitably I'll forget something or something wasn't really explained well enough. There's like it's not that I assume that they know, I just forget to mention, I guess. Yeah. And so having something like that, that really gets the minutia of like, here's your laundry list of decisions to make. We're going to, and you can get caught up in, you know, if you get to know a client yeah, and you're, you've got a question on whether or not, whether to do a or B 
because this issue presented itself. Yeah. And you know your client well, and then you go, I'm just going to roll with this. I think they'll like that. Yeah. And if they do, great. But if they don't, well, then. You could could have just screwed yourself big time. You could have screwed yourself big time. And you're also going to live with the anxiety of, ooh, did I make the right call? Yeah. And I'm not going to know that until they see it. Yeah. Because I've done that, and uh, I haven't had it bite me. But I can see it biting me and being like, well, why did you? Why'd you do that this way? Oh, I mean, it came up instead of taking the time to reach out and and chase that down. I just kept working. So I just knocked it out. I thought it would look great. And that's what I went with. I'm really happy with it. "Ah, I really wish that was a chamfer. Yeah. I mean, like I want to go through and even to the detail of like what type of like door and there's a picture of it overlay. Yeah. Part of 50 half inch overlay inset. And it's like, here's the picture. Here's the name. Which one are we doing? This one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's all your options for inside and outside profiles. Which ones are we doing? These. Yep. Great. Okay. Uh, what material are the are the doors? Are we doing panel or are we doing solid wood? Okay, great. If you do this, understand that it's not going to be MDF. You know, and I, first of all, I just don't do MDF doors. So, yeah. And just walk through all those things. It's like, okay, we're good. We're good. Okay, great. Like at this point, there's already a deposit, but it's just a, yeah. we now know. Yeah, they're committed, but. This right. is and, I, and that's I say not that, that there's not that there's no turning back and we can't make adjustments, yeah. but just that like unless something changes that is approved. Right. And anything here is a change. I typically just say, you know, you're not gonna hear from me for a few months. Yeah. But I'm gonna reach out whenever I get started on yours. And at that time, I'm I'm gonna be I'll forewarn them. Like I'm gonna be reaching out as things come up because you know, things will come up that we've not discussed. So I will be reaching out and asking you those questions and they enjoy that. Yeah. But it does get a little bit inefficient. Yeah. And it also gets like I was talking about making those assumptions. I don't want to reach out for every single little thing today. I put roundovers on a table that we didn't talk about it. Yeah. Now they basically took one of the tables I built before and said, we want this. Sure. So that's what I'm doing. But if that was a different client and I was like, oh, I think, you know, roundover is going to look best with this design and I do it and they wanted to chamfer. I was like, that's a thing. That's me. Now, if you want to chamfer, it's going to be real big. Well, and we, <laughs> and we both know enough now that we know what questions come up where yeah. those oops should have mentioned this thing. Like, not that I was keeping it from you, but you clearly didn't yeah. know this because no one told you, uh, that's yeah. my fault now, I guess. Cause some of it I save intentionally. Like the roundover chamfer thing. I don't ever hit that up front or in, I always hit that when I get to it. Yeah. You want to look at it and kind of get a and feel. I look at the de- yeah. Cause I look at it and decide which one I think it needs. And then I'll ask, you know, I'll go to the client and say, Hey, do you want this to be a roundover or a chamfer? Yeah. They don't know. I'll send a picture of each one and then say, personally, I think a roundover is going to look best with this just because it kind of speaks to the rest of the design. It's a little more flowy or whatever, you know, and, and if it's like a real clean line design, I want to chamfer. Yeah. And I'll, I'll pitch it, whichever one I want to do, but ultimately it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't really affect me, but some of that stuff I hold out intentionally. Yeah. But we're also in two different ballparks talking about all that sure. stuff on doors and whether well, I mean, or not to round the, the corner. Uh, the other reason I want it is just to, keep it collected because a lot of those things can happen in text or emails. And then I have to go dig through it and find it yep. or be like, shoot, did I do the wrong one? And now I'm digging through it. Be like, shit, 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 shit. Did I pick the wrong thing? Or yeah. 
So having that all clarified up front would make me happier. It would make them happier. And it just prevents also have issues later. I mean, to that note, you may want to have something in there that says that this supersedes anything previously discussed. Yes. Yeah. I would have that on there. And then I would reference it like on the, like the invoice might say like all finish options referenced on the, you know, wooden plane design sheet. Right. You know, and then that design sheet references the invoice. And it's just like, this is, this is what we agreed to. Cause yeah. when you get on the invoices, I'll, I'll, I won't put all those details on there because I'm I, either I'm lazy or I'm running through it. I'm yeah. like, this thing's going to be this big with this many th- with drawers on the bottom and doors up top and whatever, blah, blah, I blah. Put as many details as I can, but there's a lot less than you have. There's a lot you less. Know, I, yeah. I spec out like a table on an invoice yeah. is. I don't put my roundovers on it, but everything else, here's your design, here's your design reference, here's your finish, here's your finish reference. Yeah. This is what this finish feels like. This is what this sure. wood is going to look like with this finish on it. This is going to have this type of construction, so it can be assembled with this. All that stuff I put in there yeah. so that I so that it's captured and I can go back to that one document. Yep. Because I'll have... Yeah, that last build I did with the Christmas things, which were very complex. You know, I had a 50 email thread with that guy. Yeah. Because that was the only way we communicated was through email. So going back through those and trying to find those little details is not conducive. You know, no. if he said something in that email chain somewhere, it could easily get lost. Sure. And over the phone is even worse. So that's why I use the invoices that like final catch all. Yeah. And I tell them, please go over this. Let me know if there's anything you want changed, added, deleted, whatever. And that's what we're going to roll with. And this will be my document that I'm this referencing when I go yeah. to build. Cause and I'm up front. I'm like, cause I'll forget a lot of this by the time I start this project. Yeah. You know, this is my, and, and a lot of times I'll, you know, I'm sorry. It's got so much detail, but this is my build build sheet. Like this is what I go back and look right. at. When that's I'm your building. clipboard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, no, I think I, I like that for me. It's, I think it would become, too complex on the invoice and a lot of it would get oh, lost for, your stuff, yeah. for sure would. and and to me going through that sheet with them gives them an opportunity to be like i don't know what this even means yes right um, yeah and and you'll have reference material with that sheet you know you'll have a book of all your door profiles correct to show with them and you'll select and in your sheet you'll say you know door, S- door s070 yeah, yeah exactly yeah, and so that and that would just help prevent a lot of stuff, and then it's a lot easier to be like, "This is oh, this I thought that this isn't glossy enough." Well, we did a satin finish. It says right here, "This type yeah. of paint, satin finish," and that way, just it, it's a lot of CYA and a lot of just save the anxiety and save the stress down the road. So I'm I'm going to try to start doing that. I'm going to experiment with that on the one that I've got coming up. That I'm I'm in my second revision on the design yeah. right now. I think that I think that's a big value add to the experience too. I think so too. And it's something that they can keep a copy of and that they, yeah. that they know. And like I was, I was talking to a potential and asking a lot of questions and she said, well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look into that. I can tell I'm going to learn a lot through this process. And I told her, I was like, well, if you haven't, my job's not done. Yeah. You know, people enjoy that. Yeah. She was very, very receptive to all of it. So I think that would be a big value add to that. I think so. Sentiment. Another thing I did recently with this client, um, I did my second revision with them on SketchUp. So I created from what our conversation was the first edit. Mm-hmm. Now, if they hadn't 
there were some changes to make to it. So what I did is I just went back to their house. But there's every, I can measure anything else I need to sit down with them. It of course makes them have a lot more warm and fuzzies when it's right there. And it's actually, it took me less time yeah, to go over to the hour of driving plus, um, the, the edit work there. And that way it's just like, Oh, actually, can we just change this? I'm like, yeah. And that, yeah, that, that saves it from doing the email back and forth flex too. It is. It definitely is a flex to be like, Oh yeah. Click, 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 yeah. click, 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 click here. Do you like this? Oh my God. That's great. Wow. You're, Oh, you're great at this. I'm like, yeah, you mm. should see what I, we can build it, you know? Yeah. And, um, see the real thing. And it gives you a good opportunity for the good idea fairy. while there's still time for the good idea fairy. Um, you know, the, well, actually, what if we did this, you know, those little, bursts of imagination, creative ideas, and yeah. just, you know, or, or catching any gotchas. Yep. Right. And when you're just shooting back the email back and forth, a lot of that get, gets lost and it's just more client interaction, which I like. That's one of my favorite things about yeah. it. And it builds that trust with your client that you need through this kind of process. I, for, at least for me, it feels like, um, developing that trust, that communication with your client goes a long, long way, yeah. um, through a process Communicate. like this. Manage expectations. That's right. Yeah. Same, same stuff always. <laughs> but yeah, I, so I did that and that was my first time that I'd ever done a live second edit. Um, now if they were like, Hey, back to the drawing board, then I would have sure. come up with a new revision. Yeah. But, but we're talking, you know, I had, I had the 90%, 80, 90% solution. Yeah. I, I'll go ahead and do that live. And that was a big, um, value add to everybody because I left there feeling like what is on my screen is what I'm going to build. Right. Um, that was, that's a good feeling. So yeah, some little, some little changes coming through with that kind of stuff. Um, that'll, I think are going to make some, I think hopefully noticeable improvements to our overall process. I'm also going to start, um, changing up. We talked about this before with doors and how I handle doors for my stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start ordering my doors up front and yeah. build it to it. And then worst case scenario, if I have to make a change, that means I have that, that just means I have to get new doors and we'll kind of cross that road. But I think yeah. that's going to be a big, uh, plus. Um, and I'm also looking forward to really, um, we did it for the last build out, but again, I'm going to start layering some pro some projects and see how that goes. Cause I'm looking at the numbers and there's numbers I'm trying to hit each month. Yeah. And for that to happen, I'm going to have to build faster. Yeah. And I'm, I'm back. I'm back there now. Finally, yeah, that's <laughs> good. I got those. I'm, I've got two tables going now. I'm going to start the third one tomorrow. Yeah. And I want them all three done by the end of next week. Nice. And two of them are identical. Um, so it, you know, it lends to it some, but I'm back on tables, baby. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, one of the biggest issues I have with is, is physical space mm -hmm. to build stuff. Um, and I should get building, you a 2,400 square foot shop. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'll, th I'll think about it. The prices have come back down, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, and again, my contractor at the Winchester house is basically almost wrapped up with his part entirely. So at mm -hmm. that point, there's no more GC work for me essentially, which yeah. is nice. It's really just building stuff in the shop. Yeah. And so it'll be the first time ever, I guess really that that's really only has to be my main focus. And so I'm curious to see what happens when that happens. Um, and if I can maintain the, and again, this is just by the good grace of the universe that people are calling me, but I think it's cause I do good work. People see it, reach out, yeah. uh, but it's been raining potential clients. I've been getting, my prices have not gone down and, um, 
I've been experimenting with some pricing things here and there and, uh, it's working so far. And, um, there's some other, there's some other marketing stuff that I'm thinking about starting to do. There's some cold calls I'm about to start making to try to shore up. I'd I'd like to get, I will, I would like to get some bread and butter. Yeah. I would like to have build up a relationship with someone or some business to produce something with some regularity. Um, because rent. what's that rent? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, because I'd like to bring in more people next year. Yeah. I'd like to get, uh, essentially an office manager, um, someone to answer the phones, set up stuff on my calendar, um, uh, order materials, that kind of stuff. Uh, because my most important job for the business isn't, it, well, it's several things right now. It needs to be the, the, for where I want to take my business. It needs to be in sales. It needs to be in selling yeah. our brand, right? Uh, being the brand, getting our message out there of what we're trying to do and generating clients. Building stuff is something that I want to do and will be involved with, but then I need to make sure I have people involved who can just go do that. Yeah. Um, and so office manager will probably be next because that's going to free up a lot of my time. I'm trying to get in touch with uh, an, a, a new accountant to really just hire someone to handle that whole payroll taxes, all of that. I want to take that basically completely hands off from me yeah, because it eats up my time. Not a lot, but enough. And it, it, it's, it just gives me anxiety. If I get like the random IRS letter, Hey, yeah. you were short on this. I'm like, shit. I, okay. I guess I was whoops, whoops you know? And That's so, cool, right? Yeah, actually it's not. So I want to get that short up and, uh, and so, you know, that'll give me time to focus on the builds, focus on selling stuff to clients. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking if I can really stack up clients good and start getting some of that bread and butter stuff in there. Uh, like I want, I'm, I've been talking to an interior designer. I'm going to meet with her at some point next in September to figure out either for her or for some of her colleagues, some kind of, um, quid pro quo kind of setup. Yeah. With, with them of like, Hey, I want to be appealing to you or other interior designers. What kind of program would make sense? What would get you to get my furniture or cabinets into your client's houses? Yeah. Right. What do you, you know, where, where do the breaks need to be? And understanding that there's a couple other businesses that I've, there's one business I'm about to reach out to about producing some stuff for them. Um, and so we'll see how that goes. And if I can get a couple of those things done before the end of the year, I think that puts me in a really good position. Yeah. For 2023, uh, because I, while I've been happy to get the random influx of clients, um, it's not, it's super risky and yeah. I don't think, I don't think it may be sustainable. I think it's very, I was going to say it's just sustainable. likely may not be. I, f- yeah. I feel like it's sustainable because yeah. it's just been like that. It right. ebbs and flows, but like right now it's heavy. Like I'm about to, if I sign on a couple more people in the next couple of weeks, like I can't take, really take on more work this year. Yeah. And it's also you know, being that a lot of, you know, a lot of what you're doing is in new constructions and, and remodel and renovations where people are pulling out because they've got so much equity in their homes. Yeah. Um, you know, that is a lot that is derived from the market. Yeah. Well, it's not always going to be hot. So right. the bread and butter stuff would make you feel better about that fact. Yeah. And I don't really you know? care what that is to be yeah. fair. I need it. Something that is, um, 
I mean, I to me, there's a process. If, I, and you I, may I, find something in that, yeah, and that may become your whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's to, happened. Yeah, I mean, to me, it could be like I find a place that just wants me to build coffee tables. Yeah, right. The, this couple different versions of modern oh, coffee that. tables, right? I love just building like, coffee tables. Yeah, I like coffee tables. And anytime I have, like, all of my me projects and stuff that I want to build, yeah. A lot of them are coffee tables. I like it's such because a, it's a good size. It's a good size. You can do so much with it because it, you know, with a dining table, obviously you have to be able to sit at it. Yep. A coffee table could be solid on all four sides and it's not a problem. So you have a lot more design freedom with it. It also doesn't have to do, be solid all the way around the top. It can be really whatever you want right, it to be. Exactly. Yeah. You can get, you can get crazy with it and that's what. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, how cool would it be to be like known for coffee tables? Yeah, but they're all like wonky, like different crazy designs. That'd be cool, and not necessarily. You know, I've got three styles, and I build those. That's not what I want. Yeah, it would be cool just to be like coffee table guy. Like, if you want yeah. a unique coffee table, yeah, that would that That'd would be, be cool. I think I would enjoy that more than dining tables because well, you don't have to take as much more shippable. You don't have to take as much functionality into. No, it's a purely from an artistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like it could be a coffee table that coffees are never going to get put on because yeah. there's just not a good support for it, or that mm-hmm. feet won't go on. It's decorative, you know. It might hold a book. Yeah, you know. Uh, no, I, I like that a lot. So yeah, so I'm trying to. I'm just trying to. F- I'm, I'm thinking ahead and trying to figure out what I want to shape this into. Um, and I and then like I want to get. I don't think it's in the cards just money wise this year, but getting the ambulance wrapped is going to be huge. That's been coming out with us for some jobs. It's been, yeah. it's just been exactly what I've wanted it to be. And looking back at the fact that like that 40, the wambo. Yeah. That $40 sticker on the back of my truck has gotten me two jobs. Nice. So that thing is, uh, you know, what's that 40 bucks to like probably eight, $9,000 worth of work. So that's a great 2000%. It's a good little ROI. Great ROI. Um, so I can only imagine with the looks that and the chuckles that I get just for having the ambulance in its current state, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, just to have that be uh, a visual thing going down the road, I think is going to, I mean, I really only needed to bring in one or two jobs for it to cover its own existence, but I think it'll bring in a lot more than that. So looking forward to that. And then other stuff coming up, I really, really need to revamp the website. Um, I'm still getting work. You keep saying that. I know. And I just, it's bigger fish to fry. I mean, if I, yep. my thing is like, I keep getting jobs from it and it's not, there's people who have gotten, <clears throat> I've gotten jobs from my website who have never seen my Instagram. Yeah. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like it's going to, and I show them my Instagram. They're like, oh my God. I get so much from my website. Yeah. Like, that's where most of mine is coming from lately. Yeah. So, and a lot of times it's, I mean, they're contacting me through the contact yep, form. Same. They don't know about my socials, a big conference table one. Just found my website, emailed me. Yeah. I guarantee he's not seen myself. He might have gone there from the website. Yep. I don't know. But uh, speaking of socials. Yeah. We got some questions. Ooh. Put a thing out for hey, questions. Hey. Well, good. We can we can wrap up with those because we're at about our our time. All right. We got a, a spectrum. Good bourbon to try. Oh. Um. Well, Pappy Van Winkles, you know. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, my go-to is Woodford. Just regular, not the double oak. Just the regular Woodford is my go-to. I would say. If you want you, to try. I don't, I'm not much of an authority. My favorite bourbon right now is the Elijah Craig 
uh, cask strength. Yeah. That stuff is so good. It is hard to get the last I have. It's always sold out wherever I go see it. The last, the last place I got it was I grabbed two bottles while I was in Kentucky at the uh, distillery. I picked it up there. Makes um, sense that they would have them. Yeah. They had it there. That stuff is phenomenal. I would say that in the broader response, if you like bourbon, I would say every bourbon is a good bourbon to try. Um, just, you know, go out there and try some different things. Uh, get outside of your comfort zone. I don't know. I like, I like them all. My kind of go-tos these days, I really like Michter's. They have a whole range of different price levels. You can get their, just their standard Never bourbon. Heard of that. It's really good. Uh, but you can get like their super duper 10 year single barrel, which is just super expensive and hard to get. Uh, Buffalo trace, just the standard Buffalo trace is great. Um, they've been around for a minute. Yeah. And then any of the Buffalo trace brands are pretty good. I mean, from Eagle rare to the Sazerac, to like just all this stuff. I mean, yeah. Buffalo trace makes great bourbons, but I would say, uh, there you go. Go, go try every single one of those. Yeah. All of them. And then you'll know, then you'll know, you'll know something. Yeah. I would say don't you'll sleep on Elijah Craig. You I'll, might know that the earth is flat. That's true. Yeah. Elijah Craig's kind of a sleeper. I talked to a lot of people. It's very, the standard, Elijah Craig is very available, very good. And I think it's just uh, feels slept on to me. So that would be my one. Go. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had it, it's but great. I've been knowing about it for a long time. There you go. Heard it talked about this one's for me. Okay. What are you most excited about and nervous about to get your scuba diving certification? Oh, I can't answer this one because I'll never do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'm most excited about. Just scuba diving. There you go. I like to swim with some sea turtles. That would be dope. That would be dope. But I don't know that we're going to get... I think that is going to be an additional thing. Like, I think we have to go on a sea turtle dive. Yeah. If we want to do that, which I'm totally down for. What am I most nervous about? Drowning. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think this is more specifically about the cert. So what am yeah. I... I'm not really excited about much with the cert. I think the quarry dive will be cool. Uh-huh. Um, not really nervous about anything, to be honest. There's going to be a little bit of an information overload, but I mean, I'm pretty confident that I can handle a scuba diving certification. This won't be like the Navy SEALs version of scuba, like where there's someone underwater, like ripping your gear off you while you're trying to put it on and stuff and messing with you. No. Yeah. So no, this is the same scuba diving cert that anybody can do. So yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I got it in the bag. Nice. We got one more question and then we got okay. one, two, three, four, five questions ooh, ooh, from uh, Coach BK. Okay. Shout out Billy. What up, Always Billy? here with the questions. That's right. This one is not from Billy. What businesses would you never get into? Cabinets. No. Um, <laughs> restaurant? Yeah. Bar, bar and restaurant. I, I'm content being a consumer. I think I could do bar. Um but not restaurant. Yeah. Like, there's a lot more complexities with it. Oh, for sure. I'm out on both of them. Though. Bar, and, and, I would do, but not a restaurant. And retail. Um, and I'm not saying like, I don't think I would want to own moving a company. business. I would never, ever, ever get involved for any moving company. I think they're very lucrative, but I, with our recent experiences, with just like a few things getting damaged. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if they pay for this, they don't make any money. You know, and like, then they're going to pay, like they, they, God, we moved this nice, like old, not an antique, but just this really nice buffet, that green one that was in the California house, the mm-hmm. Winchester house. 
we asked them to wrap it up. Well, they kind of wrapped it up and then they moved it on a dolly instead of furniture dollies, like a hand truck and like tilted up and let it rest on the legs on the pavement. So it scuffed it up. Mm-hmm. Like we'll provide $50 towards repair. I'm like, no, you don't understand that this is going to cost you money. This is going to cost real yeah. money. Like, well, we could take one of these places. I'm like, I'm going to take it where I want and you're going to pay for it. Right. And I just look at that. I'm like, there's so many things that just little thing. Oh, they broke the glass top. There's like the one glass item they moved. They broke. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, the liability just mark damaging floors or hallways or walls. I'm like, there's just so much liability on that. Yeah. So I would stay away from that. Although people do it and make a lot of money doing it. That just seems. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a way to navigate all that, you know, yeah, insurance or whatever things. Right. And, and I'm sure they have, you know, a fund for that yeah. kind of thing. It's not like they're, it'll come out of that fund. They're still getting paid for your job and that's going into their normal numbers. Yeah. They're probably pulling that out of an emergency fund or if it's big enough, running it through an insurance claim. Yeah. I mean, I've never personally moved a bunch of stuff without breaking something, you know, never yeah. anything major, but it just happens. Right. I mean, you're moving a whole house. Yeah. You know, if you're moving kitchen appliances yeah, and that's it. Like you have some time to think about how you're doing that, how yep. you're strapping it down, how yep. you're wrapping it. If you're moving everything in a house, everything, all sorts is, of stuff. everything is not going to get the same attention. Right. So yeah, That's I would true. stay away from that one. one. I'm trying to think of those are the two that stand out. So I guess we're good on that. Those there's probably, I'm sure there's more. I um, think also for me, a, a hip hop career, I'd probably stay away. Ah, you were rapping right before we went on air. And I think that's other people's needs. stuff. That's all that music is today. That's fair. So, you know, just do that. It just feels a lot more cutthroat. If you lip sync enough songs on TikTok, they'll just give you a career and they'll write it all for you. Ooh, this is true. You know, there Maybe you go. should start that. Yeah. No, I think restaurant is, is probably the biggest for me. I cannot imagine owning a restaurant. I think I could do like, to build a I think I could do like food truck or like pop-up restaurant kind of thing. Yeah. But just the, having worked in the service industry, managing service industry workers stresses me out. Uh, the, just dealing with the kitchen and setting menus and all the pricing and ordering and just the logistics, just the logistics yeah. of running a kitchen is a lot. Um, I think anything with all the marketing you have to do a ton, anything with, um, a lot of product. Yeah. You know, big quantities, your margins aren't as big. You know, you're making a few bucks off of each item, but you've got to sell so many items that you ultimately make a lot of bucks. Yeah. Anything like that to me is not what I want to do. And yeah, high like volume it. sales. Right. Yeah. That's why like, I don't want to do cutting boards and coasters and, and all yeah. that shit and more power to everybody who does. That's great. And a lot of people fucking kill it. It's not something I want to be a part of. I want, you know, I want less than 20 transactions a year, yep. ideally. Um, so any industry where you're selling smalls, whether yeah. that's, whether that's plates of food yeah. or t-shirts <laughs> sure. Or anything high volume yeah. sales. Yeah. That's like, I guess I could do like a franchise, you know, where it's kind of already there and I'm essentially just investing in a existing business. At that oh, point, I would. Right? Yeah. I wouldn't, I'd probably invest in some sort of business you know? like that if I felt good about it. Yeah. But as far as being in that business, which I think yeah. was the question. Yeah. No, I couldn't do that. I'm out. Yeah. So there's, all right. What else has Billy got? All right, Billy, you're up. Would Luke ever rock a mullet? Yes. Yeah. Which, all right, that one was quick. Which discipline of engineering is the dominant one and why? I mean, it's mechanical. 
Of course. Uh, you can't say aerospace. What about civil? No. It can't be one that we're not in. Today, you know, the computer scientists, people would say that it's I computer think, engineering. I think mechanical engineering. A good point. I was going to say, I feel like mechanical is just sets you up for the broadest capability. If I was sending a kid to college right now and they said, what engineering discipline gives me the best chance of a, gives me the best chance of a career, I would say software engineering right now. Yeah. For sure. I don't know that there's more of them than mechanical engineers. It's probably because there's not enough of them constantly that it's right. where it's at right now. Well, and it, it, that doesn't really, you know, you think about an engineering school and they're like UAH. Yeah. You know, it's obviously a lot of mechanical, a lot of aerospace, civil. Yeah. A lot of industrial systems. The software side is not even talked about. And I don't know why. I think it's because it's not a classical engineering. Yeah. You don't need statics to do software engineering. Yeah. Um, and I think that anything that doesn't have statics, I guess is it's, a, it's not. a totally different curriculum. Yeah. Whereas all those have very similar gen ed requirements. And your then a lot of your, a lot of your upper, upper level courses still cross, go across those, you know, with mechanical yeah. and aerospace, they're the same with exception of like four classes. Yeah. I would say so. that's probably why it's not in the conversation with those is just because it's, it's a totally different animal. Yeah, I would say mechanicals. I mean, the I think the most broadly broadly applicable classical engineering outside of. I mean, I guess yeah. electrical is technically a classical engineering at this point. They take yeah. statics and stuff, but um, you know that you got you have civil Notice electrical didn't didn't come into the conversation until now. So yeah, exactly. What does that, what does that tell you? Yeah, mechanical is the strongest. <laughs> Arrow is basically a mechanical degree that goes a little bit lighter in some aspects or rather condenses some of the material and then adds a little bit on top. Yeah. Um, like you guys didn't have to sit through heat and mass transfer. We took aerothermo, which mm -hmm. was like two semesters of thermo in one. Well, we had thermo and thermo too. Yeah. We just had thermo, which was, yeah. So it's, I guess right. it, we just combine it because we have other courses yeah. to get, which to I that. guess the, the heat and mass, and I couldn't tell you the name of the class, but the uh, there was something similar to heat and mass, but was not near as intensive. I don't remember what it was. We didn't have as much of like mechanical stuff. Like we took dynamics and stuff, but we yeah. didn't really get into like gearing. Right, that's that. That's part of it, but it's not really like yeah the intricacies of that as much. But um, yeah, I would say software right now. Yeah, if there, if I was thinking, I was listening to um, Zuckerberg did Rogan recently which was pretty interesting um but he was talking about having his kids like he does activities with them before bedtime yeah. like he, he said he religiously carves out that time yeah like okay what are we gonna do now and his daughter does um coding she calls it code art yeah that's cool and it's like creating art with code yeah she's like six <laughs> and i was thinking about it i was like if you just got your kid if you want your kid to be wealthy and you're raising a kid now, get them into coding. It's like learning. To me, they should give credit for it. Like learning Spanish. Yeah. It's, it's literally learning another language and how to think in another language. That's yeah. It. And you can take over the world with yep. it. Yeah. Um, mechanical engineers will still have to build the machines, but none of them are going to work without software guys. Yeah. 
And so, eventually the machines will build the machines because of the Somebody's software. Program yeah. And then the software is creating the software. And then you know what? It doesn't matter because we're not here. That's right. So well, except the people who made it to Antarctica over the, well, they just fell off. Well, they're just living on the edge and well, they're falling. That's yeah. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. We're all falling. <laughs> all right, Billy. Okay. What new obscure support would you, I assume you meant sport. What new obscure sport would you like to see in the Olympics? Oh, that's a great question. Does that, I assume it doesn't have to exist. Yeah. I was, gonna, I was like, saying this is a good opportunity for a question like an hour ago. Like, so I'm, we're, we're at the end right now. My brain's not, um, hmm. I need a jeopardy soundtrack competitive horseshoes, but instead of throwing horseshoes, it's just the, the farriers who are actually putting horseshoes on. That'd be good. Have you watched those TikToks where they're in there? Yeah. Like, they're strangely satisfying for me. Um, I was thinking horseshoes is a weird one to have in there, but well, you said TikTok and it made me think of it. Um, have you seen the ones where they're like way up high, whether they're on a tower or a dam or something? Yeah. And they've got a bunch of things set up on the ground and they drop, well, they drop stuff and try yes. to hit it. Yes. I think that love would be that. fun. I, yeah. Dropping things on things from a great height. Yeah. And I it like would get, that. it would get highly technical to where you're not just, releasing it right you yeah put the right spin, spin on it to get correct. a good trajectory to hit what you want no, i like that then maybe you have an impact zone and get scored on that i would definitely watch that uh rock skipping I sure would watch that rock skipping would be good um rock skipping competition splash rock splash competition are kind of demoralizing where instead of people doing like the high diving you're throwing a uh an object into a body of water and then judges score the, how great the splash slash sound and everything was from it. What about just regular people splashing? So the opposite of diving. Oh, so uh, like belly flop or, or just, just open, just a just large free, splash. free form. Yeah. A large splash competition. Free form. So instead of like how Where tiny you've got the weight splash, classes, I like that. You've got different weight classes yeah. and you've got different um, height level. Boards. Right. I like that. I could watch, I could watch these things. Yeah. This is the e, the ESPN ate the Ocho Olympics. Yeah. I did Big see competitive competition would be fun to watch. Yeah, because it's all going to be fat people. Yeah, which you know, there's not a lot of those in the Olympics. And no. if we're talking about being inclusive, yeah, well, sumo's not enough. Okay, yeah, we need more. For the big boys. I did girls. see competitive tag on ESPN 8 The Ocho recently. And That's that was fun to super watch, huh? intense. Yeah. I was actually, it's like parkour yeah. tag. I was actually like, the speed that they're moving through these obstacles is actually frightening. It's and like, they don't look, nothing looks like padded American enough. Gladiators, but way better. <laughs> yeah, it, it, nothing looks padded enough. No, no. I feel like if you cut a corner early or something, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, I was like, this, look, <laughs> this actually looks dangerous. Yeah. Um, I could see. Olympics. Do it with tasers. I guess it's not really. Sp- that way, there's no question whether or not they touched you. Does it? Does it have you'd be to like, be, oh, he didn't tag me. It has to be physical in nature, right? I don't think Olympics. so. Olympics. I would like to see more drone, drone stuff. Could be cool. Yeah. The FPP, drone races are fun drone to races watch. are kind of cool. I. It's hard to keep up because it's just crazy. But I. I don't understand how people's minds operate that fast. Training. Like, do they? I guess they probably know the course. They probably fly Inside it a bit first, just like just like in race race tracks, yeah. right? They do some qualifiers and just kind of move through it and stuff. Um, 
I'm thinking yeah. more along the lines of things that don't exist. That don't exist. Not things that are like the like the big splash. I do like seeing items. those videos at, in, of the Japanese to make it wood related. The make the plane shaving competitions. Uh-huh. They see how thin of a yep. shaving they can get, and just the sound that That's those hot. Japanese made yeah. planes make. Just like, <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's just perfect. Yep. That's nice. And just seeing how, like, even the video, I'm like, you could heat it up, put like a time frame to get to the end of the beam or something. Yeah. Yeah. I could watch, I could watch a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. You got some options. Okay. I, I think I like the big splash the best. I like big splash. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you get into the heavyweights and they're up like 80 feet. Yeah. It's dangerous too. It's you gotta have an element of danger. There's definitely the element of danger. I like throw a little rock in the pool to break the water up, like oh, the like cliff that. jumpers do. They put they shoot bubbles up from underneath. Oh yeah, I guess it would break the tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, if you didn't have to make money, what projects would you prefer to build? Um, I don't know. Coffee tables would be dope because I... you get a lot of you get a lot of freedom with coffee tables, like we talked about. I think that would be kind of sick that or just uh, i don't know i don't think i can pigeonhole because i'm thinking like you know massive 30 foot like mansion dining hall tables and then i'm also yeah. like art 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 was my thing yeah what's the, what's I'm that guy's that name too. we keep talking about the metal worker guy whose name i wish i can remember max randolph max randolph yeah. i would want to do max randolph kind of stuff i would like except with wood yeah, or just honestly with anything like, like what Duresta, what Jimmy Duresta does. I would yeah. love to just be building art or cool things that I think are cool. Um, that's kind of my retirement plan, right? If I if I can mm-hmm. make it work out financially where I can just kind of make the things I want, that's probably what I'll go do. Yeah. Um, and I guess the art side of it, I have never really been able to f- not even flex it, just like really try it, honestly. Yeah. Cause I kind of got into this. There's a couple of self projects I've made, but immediately I was monetizing it. So it's not, I'm not really sure what I would make. Yeah. I thought it would be interesting to, at some point, if I'm able to, especially once the business is more developed and hopefully I can be a little more hands off with it. I would love to experiment some more with some stuff like that. Like I keep talking about like a sundial, like, I don't know why yeah. I, I don't even know what it looks like yet, which is weird for me. Um, because for me, when I, when I start with a thing that has function, I can very quickly see what it has to be. When it's well, a, you've got some restraints. Yeah, there's a box to design yep. it in, right? When it's completely non-functional to a certain degree, and any it can be anything. Yeah, that's not that I can't. I just that's just not a muscle that I get to flex very often. So I would yeah, probably want to do more of that. I think I like it to have a function. Even yeah. if it is a sundial, like obviously yeah. nobody needs a sundial, but it still functions. Yeah. It's functioning art as opposed to just something purely decorative. I think I would struggle. Yeah, I with, prefer I that. would struggle with something purely decorative um, just because, you know, stereotypical, my right side mind or whatever, left side, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's just that's the way I've always operated. I think I could get into that headspace. And, and really focus on what something looks like if I had no constraints as far as like I have to sell it or yeah. budget materials and things like if I had freedom, I think I could get there and get something cool. Yeah. But I think it would be difficult for me because half the people you pull are not going to like it. 
Yeah, I mean, I if, think if it's kind of if you're lucky. You I get think it's kind of where you start with it. I think if I started making with it more art focused, yeah, that'd be one thing. I, mine has always been function and monetarily driven, right? But yeah, that's I, I agree. That's kind of the way I'd like to take it. Like, there's a couple of projects I have, like the sundial. I I don't know what it looks like. I'll make it one day. I think it'll be awesome. Whatever it turns out to be, um, and I'm talking like a 15, 20 foot, just something big. Yeah. I, I need to replace my mailbox post at the Winchester house. It's not broken. It's just got a weird lean in it. And I want to do something nifty with that because I don't want to put like a wooden plane sign up front, but I want to yeah. incorporate it somehow. I thought into about the that with mine and I wound up just wanting to get it done. Cause I had other stuff to do. Yeah, sure. So it's a nice little half lap mailbox thing yeah. that will never, ever fall. <laughs> yeah. So there's yeah, there's some projects like that that I think, yeah, that start with function. Or, and even if it has a very simple function, it still starts with that. But yeah, I would yeah. like to. That's why I like a coffee table. Yeah, it would definitely. It's got to hold one thing. Yeah, I guess art's the easy answer. It would just be yeah. art. It would be maybe functional art, but yeah. just. Well, that's what we're building. Yes. Yeah, it would be. I don't know if there's a specific product, though. It would just kind of yeah. be a um, somewhere between Jimmy DeResta and. Waters in Akeland and, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Well, that would make you some money whether you wanted it to or not. I, it would. God, it's Well, the Duresta so thing is cool. I mean, his is the reason he can do it is because he's a personality. He's got a platform. He's got channels. Yep. Yep. Like, that's why he can do these things. Yeah. And he's got the channels because he did these things. It's kind of a do loop. But yep. to have the freedom to do that, sometimes you need to establish that other source of revenue yeah you chicken know, and egg kind of thing he, yeah. he sells his limited quantity stuff and it's yeah. neat stuff and he makes money off of it that way but i mean his money comes from his youtube his personality yeah 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 last one. Ooh, big one this one could get spicy uh-oh artemis or spacex as in which one do I? Which company am I backing? No context. Oh, just, that's just that's it. Just was that the question? Artemis yeah. or SpaceX? It's not even a fair comparison either. No. Artemis is like a model. You could say Artemis or Star Chaser or whatever it is, but that doesn't exist yet. Nor does a functioning Artemis, as far as we know. We'll see. Uh, the. Uh. Gosh, I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, I have problems with basically every space industry company to a certain degree. Well, yeah. I mean, no, nobody I think, and nothing is perfect. That's not what we're asking. Which I like. I like what SpaceX is doing more. Yeah. I like I like their product more. I think it feels more revolutionary. And I think that's awesome. I have feelings about the company as a whole and their leadership as a whole. But their product is... And, and 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 how they're their leadership their as a whole, or just that that just the one guy. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't love Elon. I don't. I think that there's not enough attention given to the fact of like how much government money they're given to make these things happen, and yeah. how much taxpayer dollars they're getting, and how they move money around from Tesla and this and that and Bitcoin sales. Blah blah blah. blah. Anywho, I think okay, the self I think the self landing rocket is awesome. Yeah. I think that's amazing. It that yeah. that I felt completely like, hopeful invigorated I go back to mars lander every time i watch it yeah yeah i'm it's just awesome. like i'm i'm almost just pressing the button like trying to throttle it just yeah get it just right just, yeah. just to set it down it it's it's so impressive artemis feels like the last bastion of 
old rockets. It's the newest version of the old thing. Yeah. And that's, the, that's the big kicker for me is that by the time we got Artemis done, SpaceX's landing rockets. And yeah. It's like, yeah, it's the, it's, it's the biggest payload one out there, but there's only going to be one, maybe two, possibly three. Yeah. Ever. It's not like a product. Whereas, you know, SpaceX has a product and, and Blue Origin is, is trying. They're yeah. working on products and they're picking up some, you know, they're, they're, they're picking, picking up, up a lot of steam. Yeah. Um, I look at, I look at like Boeing and I have a lot of issues with just their whole everything. So the, Boeing the too big is, to fail. Right. Boeing is government and we've talked it, about it this is, some yeah. too. And, and to your point about um, SpaceX not really talking enough about, the fact that there's so much government money coming yeah. in. Um, and, and I get, I know, you know more about this than I do. Um, but they are picking up contracts. I mean, the government is paying them to do and build certain things. And if they need additional funds to, to satisfy that contract and the government needs to provide them. Okay. You know, that's, that's kind of how any government contract works, but, they don't seem to be heavily influenced by that. They don't it's, seem it is, a too is, big to fail. It is company money. It is point. money coming in, but I don't think the company itself is being. It's not okay. We're going to give you this money for this contract, but you have to hire this way. Or right. We're going to give you like. It, but with it Boeing, it's way. like it's connected. It's all. It's all in there together. Yeah. And I'm sure it exists to a certain level with SpaceX, but it feels like not nearly as much. And that's why. Yeah, my I feel issue like SpaceX with that, is just this big beacon for private space. Yes, I agree with and that. That's why I'm so into I it. I think it's good that they're getting government money. I think it's a good use of the funds. With what well, they're getting of. government money because the government is their customer. Right. And so I'm and that's fine with that. Anybody picking up I, a government I, contract. To me, it's more of part of their leadership image. Uh, and this is more of my own personal thoughts about the beacon that is Elon, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think he's amazing. And I think he's also, I don't know, he's, there's two sides to him. I, and I really like one and I really am troubled by the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's a unique individual, and I think that was just that's just how it's always going to be with him. Um, but then I look at like, yeah, I don't know, Artemis. I think is amazing. I mean, what private space company is not is not going to get government money? Not, well, is not well. I mean, or be led no, by some eccentric be led billionaire. By an eccentric billionaire. Agreed. <laughs> I, yeah, and I think, and and again, is you know how much is he running it, and how much is he the face of it, and all these different things, yeah. and are people getting credit? And I don't, and that is what it is, but. I think I'm really more excited about what SpaceX is doing than what Boeing is doing. I think that, yeah. however, I, I, God, I just never want NASA to, to go away. Um, I and think they won't, they won't. And but I, I think it's, I think it's rightfully so that they're becoming regulatory and not manufacturing. I, yeah, but I would like to see, I would like to see them get back into that R and D mode. And I would like to see oh, that. For sure. I would like to see, yeah. NASA get back into um, developing cutting edge aircraft and, and and doing it for the sake of developing technologies for the good of our society as this country, for the good of all people, whatever. I just and we think need to, and it needs in, to be coming from inside because the problem is, is I look at how these corporations bleed that money mm-hmm. 
and uh, just gobble it all up for not inferior products, but things that are just bloated. Yeah. Um, oh, and, yeah. and there's so much fat that could get cut. Well, if NASA did it internally, that's what it would be too at this point. You'd almost have to start a whole nother thing, which I'm not opposed to, but it would have to, you couldn't lean on what, what NASA did too much. The technology have at it, tear it up. But as far as how NASA operated, you could not lean on that. If you were to start this new entity, that would be this kind of R and D thing that, that takes us into the future. Um, and another thing that that would take is, you know, a lot of NASA's strides and periods of stagnation are political. Yeah. When somebody gets an on, when blue gets an office, NASA budget gets cut. Yep. When red gets an office, NASA budget goes up. Yeah. Why? You know, are, is either side care more or less about the space and all that? I don't think so. I just think it's an easy one to go. Why are we spending money on this? We got to pull this away. And then people just go with whatever, whatever their party said. Yeah. But if it was, if it was a lot less partisan and, or less partisan. Yeah. Uh, more, yeah. more, more, uh, yes. Less partisan. If it was bipartisan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. More bipartisan or less partisan. Yeah. Um, then I think it could really go somewhere. And that's kind of a fun thought is like a new agency. I'd pay more taxes for this. Like a, <laughs> like a new agency that's whole job was, and it would have to be, it wouldn't have to I be, guess you've got DARPA, which is kind of like that. It wouldn't have to be too degree. performance based. You know, you've got a budget and here's what it is. And you know, Obviously, that budget would have to go up at some point. Yeah. But to just really give like elite minds the freedom to come up with cool shit. Yeah. It would like the last question, right? Like, what would you do if money didn't matter yeah. about it? Right. It's like, hey, we're just going to pay you a great salary to just create and dig in. Yeah. And, and, and emphasize, emphasize futuristic technology. One of the you know, not useful stuff, not, not the next post-it note or things like Go that. Go solve the hard problems. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There is uh, one of the interesting ideas. Yeah, we need ideas. this plane to, to go sideways. Yeah. Like hover, but do, I don't know. I was just trying to think of something. One, one of the but ideas. Something crazy and say, I know that it doesn't seem realistic, but you got 10 years and 50 million. So one, so of, the, one of the cool ideas from that TV show, it's all about For All Mankind. About how NASA not go ten years. Uh, well, for how they developed over time was that in that show, the government allowed NASA to license the data that they developed to corporations. So instead of doing what they do now, which is just give it to corporations who mm-hmm. then uh, patent it, yeah, right, they patent stuff off of taxpayer dollars. NASA retains ownership of it. They license it out to corporations to use, and NASA becomes this big self-funded agency. There's your budget. So there's no tax dollars involved for mm-hmm. it after a point. NASA is just, we just, we keep creating and we benefit from the rewards of that. And so I don't think, I think it needs to be something other than NASA. It needs to be a new acronym, something exciting. Mm, ASA. Like extrema. <laughs> extrema. No. <laughs> I just want it to be NASA. I mean, I just, I love, I, it, this is just from I don't think a it NASA can, fan. I don't boy. think it can stay NASA though. Cause NASA's kind of, 
You do have DARPA. They've kind of run the, themselves. Was the Department of Advanced Research something? DARPA exists for somewhat of that. Yeah, uh, I'm not that familiar with DARPA. DARPA is the one they'll put out things for companies to help them develop weird technologies yeah. that don't exist. Mm-hmm. Like that's like you're looking at like the if there was if there was a government agency that was developing invisibility cloaks. It's DARPA. Yeah. If there's one that's developing like Autobots and Optimus Prime, it's it's DARPA. If it's one that's turning birds into scouts for the government, it's DARPA. So DARPA kind of does that to a certain the degree. The bird thing holds some water. Holds some water. All right. Well, they used to use birds. How do we know they stopped? I doubt they did. Because a lot of the CIA documents that have been disclosed uh-huh. talk about birds. I saw one the other day, and it was it was like this old schematic, and Never they were s- using like carrier pigeons with little cameras on them. Uh, World War Two, like, it was a real thing. Before the <laughs> atomic bomb, the Air Force developed a bat bomb with uh, thousands of bats strapped with tiny napalm backpacks that would go firebomb uh, Japanese cities because they're all built out of wood, and they would go roost. Oh hell yeah. Uh, they canceled it. I mean, after- not for burning wood in Japanese cities, because like I think that's a really just cool thing that death, should continue to fire stay. bats. Yeah. But fire bats. Yeah. So they Hell can't. Yeah. The program was canceled after a uh, the bats got out at an Why Air don't Force we use base. More animals in war. Uh, yeah, just put them to work. Yeah. You know, we're we're taking we're killing all the rainforests anyways, right? Might as well. Now we're building animals. You seen that like sniper dog? So only the EPA can only protect animals that are conscripted into service. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yeah. The bat bomb was canceled when. Think uh, about a herd of buffalo weaponized. If they're only, if only we had more of them. Yeah. What happened? To all of them. We we, we weaponated them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. The bat bomb was canceled when bats got out and burned down in part of an air force base. Uh, they said. Yeah. They that said, math mm, checks. Maybe not. They had to have already been incredibly on the fence about it anyways. Yeah. And there was one guy who was just high up and severely against it, but didn't have enough. And then that happened and he went, it's over. Imagine being the bat bomb, the father of the bat bomb though. And having that, like that brief, that PowerPoint slide deck. Yeah. What we're going to want to do is make a bat bomb. People are like, Terry. Oh my God. But have we thought about revisiting now that we have, you know, remote detonation, Technology. We 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 would just use a bunch of small drones, not bats. I mean, you don't. They don't take batteries. Just mosquitoes and bugs and stuff. And yeah, I think exactly. they have those in every country that we fight. There you go. Hashtag bat bomb twenty twenty three. Doesn't have to be napalm either. You get a lot of explosive on a bat with today's technology. All right, and that's it. Spinners and stuff is now on a government watch list. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, more listeners is what that sounds like to me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, Our numbers are going to go up. That's right. All you li- like way too many. All your lizards. What's going on? Oh, yeah. Someone's like, I was just waiting for them to put on their. I had my tinfoil hat on every week and nothing ever made it tickle. So thank yeah. you guys. I had a buddy the other day told me uh, I hadn't talked to him in a long time. Occasionally he'll reach out. He's buying a joiner and was asking a question. He's like, by the way, I started listening to the podcast like when y'all started. And um, I've listened to everyone. Nice. And I love it. And I look forward to it every week. I was like, nice. that is so awesome. That feels good. It's almost better coming from friends yeah. than from strangers. 
It's weird when a friend tells me it's that. It's weird. Too. But I, I like it's it. It's weird, but I like yeah, it. Yeah. I'm like, with a stranger, it's like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's why we did the whole, this whole thing. We're really yeah. excited about it. But with, when it's somebody you know, it's like, you've heard me way too much. It's kind of weird now. that yeah. I'm in, influ- like, I assume that I'm influencing you, yeah. you're listening to me that much. And that's weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, well. So, All cool. Right. Well, thanks, guys, for the questions. Uh, this was one of those sprinkled in episodes where you can really just get a good insight into Anthony and I's conversations because <laughs> this is how this is how we just normally hang out so yeah that's what you got but uh thanks for sticking around if you stuck around yeah and as always just start cutting wood bye